Hello, everybody, and good morning, and welcome to another episode of the Excellent Podcast. I'm your cinematic host, Stefan Whitaker, the head honcho of SW Films. And today we have a very, very special guest, a polarizing figure in Northeast Indiana, in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Someone who I met, I want to say maybe in 2016 or 2017, maybe, um, through some friends of mine. And um, as soon as I met him, as soon as as soon as I'd heard about him, I said, OK, this guy seems to ha- seems to be one of the more interesting people and more impactful people in Fort Wayne. Um, someone who has helped out so many people, you know, supported everybody's business and just have been there to give a lot of people great feedback and great uh, just advice to, to, to grow their business and grow their their brand and get to know more of what they're trying to do. Um, in the city or wherever it may be. So I'm super, super happy to have Steve Franks here on the podcast. This is something that is like amazing, Steve. First of all, how are you doing? How are you? How's your morning going in Indiana? Good morning. Uh, fall just happened yesterday. All of a sudden, <laughs> I heard. you know how Indiana goes, like it's like 90 degrees one yeah. day and the next day it's 40. Oh, so, crazy. So, yeah. So, yeah, tonight the temperatures are dipping into the 40s. It's two days oh. after it was like really hot, nice shorts and t shirt weather. So, oh, yeah. See, it's well, crazy, I, crazy Indiana weather up here, but it's lovely. I mean, you gotta, you gotta love it, right? Yeah. I mean, I kind of miss it. It's, it's, it's <laughs> been super, super hot here in the Bay Area. Um, yeah. I just bought an air conditioner not too long ago, or not too long, but yesterday, last night, because <laughs> it was way too hot in here. Wow. And uh, yeah, you know, so I, I was like, I definitely need my own. I need to like cool it down. It's, it's getting pretty hot because, you know, Barry has Indian summer. So it's it gets pretty hot during uh, during the fall time. Huh. But um, Steve, thank you once again for being here on the podcast. I appreciate it. This is something that I've been wanting to do for a while back when uh, back when the vlog or back when the podcast was, you know, the vlog channel, Stefan's vlogs, where I, you know, kind of captured some of the behind the scenes of of my life and stuff like that. So I'm very happy to have you on here to, to talk about some different stuff. So with that really, being said, really happy that you invited me. I love it. Yeah, this is, this absolutely. Is absolutely. So to start off, um, I want you to introduce yourself to, to the people who are listening and watching right now. Uh, tell us who you are and speak to your excellence, you know, give yourself a, an opportunity to, to humble brag about the things that you do. <laughs> Okay, well, thanks. I appreciate that. I'll try not to be too humble. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> so uh, I, I have been an entrepreneur coach, if you want to look at it that way, and what I would say an arts enthusiast for uh, a couple of decades around here in Fort Wayne. I did a bunch of other stuff. I'm a lot older than most people, so uh, although I, I never kind of grew up, mentally and emotionally which is yeah it's the key to life i highly recommend that but um so for the past couple of decades i've worked with lots of young entrepreneurs uh and older entrepreneurs and i've worked with a lot of younger artists emerging upcoming artists uh and and when i say work with i don't mean that i i can coach anybody on how to do art i mean we've talked about their business sometimes or i've just collected their art i've i've got I'm going to used to say I have artwork from 40 local artists around here. Uh, yeah. I'm guessing by now I should update that. To, it's probably over 50 by now. 
yeah. <laughs> so I just, I love local artists uh, and I love local entrepreneurs. Uh, I think that's, that's kind of the future. Um, Absolutely. So I've, I've done that in various capacities and various places around our region. And uh, you can ask me more about that or any of those sorts of things at, at one point. I think when mm -hmm. I met you, I was working out of the atrium in downtown Fort Wayne. Yep. Uh, and people like Dylan and Justin were involved in some of the programming that went on there mm -hmm. uh, with the, their company at the time that was called, yep. still is called Cart Delivery. Yep. So, uh, uh, so basically, uh, it's kind of fun to be able to do what is uh, very, uh, very much fulfilling as a person. Absolutely. I've, I've been yeah. very lucky in my life to find the things that I love doing and to find that I was decently okay doing them uh, yeah. and get engaged in doing that. And I think that's what you noticed is that I just, I love what I'm doing. I mean, I, I look at, I look at my life as a mission. Uh, I, I, I never had a mission until I started working in kind of a nonprofit space. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and life was just, oh, I go to work, I make money, I come home, I do this, I do that, blah, 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 blah. It was, mm -hmm. it was nearly meaningless, quite frankly. Yeah. But once you find out what you're good at and find out what the, what the mission is that you want to do in your life, it's like shit changes right there. Absolutely. There, so yeah. uh, uh, I kind of boil it down into one phrase uh, that uh, I stole from the nonprofit I work with. <laughs> uh, I work with one called Believe in a Dream, and we had a mm -hmm. vision, that uh, vision statement that said that we enable the next generation to build a better tomorrow. Mm. And I love that. I thought that was the best vision statement I think I've ever seen. And it just yeah. resonated with me as to what I do. And, uh, and the new board came in and changed it a little bit. So uh, yeah. I took it for my own part of the program. I took it as my own <laughs> personal mission. So we're there keeping it the way it says. Uh, that, that's indeed what I'm here to do. It's that I'm, I'm, I'm here to watch another generation grow. Uh, I'm here to watch another generation build a world that is better. Yeah. Uh, and everything that I do kind of revolves around that. And that could be through entrepreneurship or that can be through the arts either one, uh, both sorts of people, whether they're a business person, whether they're, uh, 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 let's say a painter or, mm -hmm. or filmmaker, uh, everybody that does everything like that, you're always, you're building something, you're doing something, you're actively making yeah. the world a better, more beautiful place. Uh, and I mean, does it get any better than that, Stefan? I don't think so. <laughs> I, I definitely don't think so. I think I think you summed that up super well, just about yourself and what you do. And and it's great because, you know, um, I think prior to meeting you in 2016, 2017, whenever that was, um, you know, obviously I, you know, I'm I was born in Fort Wayne and then grew up in Angola, Indiana. So Angola definitely doesn't have a sort of it didn't have the same resources as Fort Wayne does when it comes to entrepreneurs and creatives. And, you know, um, going to Fort Wayne to kind of, you know, go into the atrium and then meet all of these other folks who are building these different businesses here. Um, and, you know, learning, meeting all these different people, you know, you kind of see that 
some of these people are like in the same process as I might have had might have been at the time or as Dylan or Justin might have been at the time. And it was just really cool to kind of get an opportunity to meet these people and work with some of these people and stuff like that. And it's been uh, it's been great for you of how you got into just you're one of the most well-known people in Fort Wayne. You're almost like a Fort Wayne celebrity in a, in a <laughs> sense, <laughs> you know, oh, I mean, almost. <laughs> almost like a, a a celebrity i mean how how are you one of the most well-known people out here i mean obviously you you love to network with people you love to be out there and support folks but like had like was that like a mission to to be to to kind of have that sort of sort of weight to your name and to your character like to be that type of person where everybody knows who you are you know it wasn't intentional uh, <laughs> i will I, I never had a goal. It was like, I want to be known. I want to be well known. Yeah. Uh, that was, that had nothing to do with it. What, uh, before I started working with entrepreneurs. So I, I, I did, a, I did a series of things in mm-hmm. tech. Uh, I owned a, uh, I owned a software company for a while. I worked with a engineering firm for a while. I worked with a firm that did, uh, was kind of like a partner, if you will, in a firm that did uh, innovation consulting which was awesome, cool, helping people develop breakthrough next generation products or invent them. Uh, and then and then when I came to Fort Wayne, came back to Fort Wayne, I lived outside the city for a couple of years. Uh, and came, when I came back, I started working at the Northeast Indiana Innovation Center. Uh, and frankly, I got to know people because everybody thought that the innovation center was this place that was just like loaded up with you no know, shovels full of money and you were going to come and you were going to get money to do your business. And it was just yeah. going to be awesome. What they really found when they got there was there were people like me that were coaches <laughs> that right. shovel shovelfuls of money, but that was the draw. <laughs> and, and some people were interested in, and had a, you know, a, you know, a good sense of the fact that there weren't going to be shovels of money. But there mm-hmm. were, in fact, going to be people there that could help them grow their business. Uh, yeah. But it was it was it was just just this lightning rod drawing point, and so all of a sudden I started to know people, and, and I discovered that uh, in my other jobs I had no need to do that. So I didn't know like anybody in the city, yeah. anybody in the area. We, our customers weren't here. There was no reason for me to know people. So all of a sudden there was, and I started mm-hmm. going to events and I started to go to like art openings and I started to discover new communities. Uh, uh, if yeah. I can just talk, if you, if you don't mind me, just. Yeah, go ahead. For a while. So, so let's say that here's how that works. So I started, I'd, I'd go to something like an art opening uh, and I would be uh, uh, intrigued to go there or find out about it because one of our, our young entrepreneurs that I was working with during the, the, uh, the student venture lab I started at the Innovation Center or the student meetup that I worked with at mm-hmm. the Innovation Center knew about that and said, hey, you should come to this. And what I found was that there was this huge overlap between the entrepreneurial community and the arts community. And that's why I've kind of always gravitated toward both, uh, yeah. at least in Fort Wayne. Uh, and both of them, both of those communities of people were sort of, I'm going to say, hidden. Yeah. Uh, it was mm-hmm. like the best kept secrets. 
It was like, oh, yeah. oh crap, there's a bunch of people out here that are just that got it going on. Yeah. But the world doesn't know about them. And they don't give a crap about whether the world knows about them because they're just out there making their art. They're just out there doing their business. Uh, mm -hmm. They're not trying to be a part of the old boys network. They just want to mm -hmm. do stuff. Right. Uh, and yep. uh, so what I found was I could bounce between different communities and I could bounce between different events. And uh, not only was it a way for me to meet new people, but it was mm -hmm. fun. It's fun. Yeah. And you know, a, a lot of what I've done has just been because I think it's cool and it gives me yeah. energy. It gives me energy to be around people like you. Right. right. So, I mean, that's, 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 that's really what I can, that's really what I can say. Yeah. That's great. I mean, definitely like having that opportunity to, to meet people through these different, different, uh, just different ways, you know, like I would say probably back in your day, right? Back when Steve was 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 younger and 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 even more energy. Or actually, you have more energy that, than you've ever had, had probably. That, that. <laughs> more energy. But back in the day. It's all in the mindset, man. It's all in the mindset. Absolutely. Back back in back in the day when you were probably about my age, right? Did yeah. was there was there anybody like you around that you had like how you are for other people? Was there anybody else like you that was coaching and, and mentoring people to help <laughs> them in their business? Because I feel like it's a much more common thing nowadays. You know, it's much more common. I don't know how common it was maybe at a, at a, you know, like way back in the day. Well, what would you say? Well, I, I think a lot of that depends on the fact that our, our, uh, our communication is a lot more wide open today, given the social media, given the internet and so forth. Mm -hmm. and, and I think there probably were those people, but I was totally not looking for that. <laughs> so I, I couldn't tell you who they were or what they were or what they were doing. Uh, yeah. I, was more, I was more interested in other things when I was, right. when I was your age. And we're not yeah. going to go in. We're not necessarily going to go in. <laughs> right that's <laughs> funny no, nothing to do with what i do today <laughs> <laughs> understandable yeah it's just it's you know because definitely i think you know um when i yeah even during that time like when i had came back from college and then went back to indiana you know i i never i never yeah there was nobody i'd ever met that was to the point where they were re they everybody knew them in the city and they had reached reached them for help i'm sure you've had so many different people that you've come across like you know for me sometimes i've i've worked with so many different types of people and have met so many different types of people celebrities and normal folks and all that just through all these different <laughs> things that i do Wait, and i don't know these aren't normal folks <laughs> uh, not really so i mean so they're normal they're folks they're normal people but <laughs> definitely uh some of them aren't normal we'll, we'll talk about some interesting Ooh, conversations nice. but um but uh, yeah, it's it's just like sometimes I come across so many people in one day or one week, and it's like, man, this is kind of kind of exhausting having to, you know, just all these different deep conversations you might have to have with somebody about certain things, and we'll so kind I, of break off into that eventually. So but I, so I so I kind of ran into uh, like two other people that pretty much do what I do uh, and 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 act like I act. Uh, mm -hmm. when it comes to working with younger entrepreneurs all yeah. in one day last week. 
Uh, oh. uh, the, the day was the uh, the arts crawl. That's that uh, thing that they do in downtown Fort Wayne where they have different artists and different recording artists mm. uh, and food and drink all at about seven or eight different locations throughout downtown. And I love to volunteer for that because that's the only way you can get the t-shirt. <laughs> so yeah. I love, I love t-shirts. So I do that's that. awesome. But, uh, <laughs> but at the time I ran into, I had lunch that morning with Aaron Robles, who's another one of those people who works Shout with everybody Aaron. and is like known from, you know, all the way through the region. And mm -hmm. uh, he, he's promoted events himself uh, like his founder spark origin events where he brings entrepreneurs together. And I met him when he was in high school and he was in a class that I went and talked to uh, mm -hmm. that was run by Karen Gilly uh, at Fort Wayne's Anthus career center. And she teaches graphic design at the time they were also doing some entrepreneurship stuff. Uh, and uh, I saw Karen at the arts crawl. Uh, one of the places that that, uh, that I visited was the atrium mm -hmm. uh, and one of my artist friends, I went there because Julie Wall was doing, her art was on exhibit there. Mm -hmm. uh, and oh, by the way, there was also a wonderful uh, group playing called the Debutantes, which are just the Debutantes. Oh, they're, they're, they're marvelous. It's <laughs> kind of bluegrass, but it's yeah. more than that. I've heard them, I've heard them do Pink Floyd in a bluegrass oh, wow. way. It's like, that's cool. Who are these? Who are these people? <laughs> but at any rate, so I ran into Karen there and we started talking and I said, hey, I just ran into Aaron and blah, 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 blah. And, and we came across with exactly the feeling that you just said. And that is that there are a small number of people throughout the community. I feel honored to be one of them that really wants to push the youth and the entrepreneurial and the artistic folk of our yeah. of, of our upcoming generation forward and she's one aaron's one uh i consider myself one i think i would call andy heinz lagerman who's a good friend one uh mm -hmm. and then there 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 are probably a lot of people that feel bad that i would leave them off but uh, yeah. <laughs> these are the people that come to my mind initially yeah uh, and, and are out there actively doing that sort of stuff so uh uh it's it's a fun group. It's a fun yeah. group. And you're right. I can't name 20 people that do that. It's, yeah. <laughs> I, I could name I could probably name about three or four more. Okay. Yeah. But we'll stop. Realistically, yeah. Right yeah. Realistically. No, absolutely. And that's and I think that's just like I said, to have to have that just that amount of people, you know, because Fort Wayne, Fort Wayne is obviously the second biggest city in Indiana. And Fort Wayne, how I, you know, it's gonna be interesting. We're gonna be talking a lot about how I view Fort Wayne too and in and, and, and the entrepreneur, uh, just the the how everything is over there. And I want to get your opinion of everything too. But with it's just good that we have that many people that want to to help out the entrepreneur and creative communities, you know, because this I think sometimes the in the higher ups, maybe in the in the environment in the um economy in Fort Wayne doesn't necessarily want to put too much profit maybe into some of these things, at least for creative. I'm, not, I'm sure entrepreneurs are a little different. There's a little difference there, but creatives, I feel like sometimes don't always get the necessary profit for some things that they may do. So it's I good think, to have some encouragement from person like yourself and other people that you name. I think it's very much the same for both groups. Yeah. They are. Uh, uh, if you look at the, uh, the old school thinking, the old boys network, so to speak. Uh, mm -hmm. 
they're interested in uh, who's the next company that I can bring into the city that's going to have a thousand jobs in, yeah. in the entrepreneurship space. And and uh, I've always been interested in how can we grow a thousand new businesses and let yeah. them grow from there. Uh-huh. Uh, that's a really good point. That. Yeah. And and when and when you look at creatives, I think they're interested in the people that are uh, always uh, already established. And I'm interested yeah. in that person that's kind of just starting out, and I can still afford to buy their artwork. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right, I'll, right. I'll, I'll give you a couple examples. I'm going to duck to the side here. <laughs> I'm trying to. So, the abstract piece behind me. Mm-hmm. That's that's one of Theo Smith's early pieces. So oh, back wow. when I back when I could afford to buy an original Theo, yeah, uh, shout out to Theo, uh, yeah. original Fresh Laundry, yeah. Uh, and uh, he, I probably own more of his artwork than anybody's right now. I've got a, a few things that are original. I've got a piece yeah. that's on just a uh, hanging up on my living room wall that's done on a, a hunk of triangular cardboard that he just found somewhere and painted on. Back in wow. the days when it was like, yeah. hey, I don't even know if I can get canvas, but I'm gonna make I'm gonna make some art. That's uh, great. That's right. The thing that's that looks wild. like a ram's head behind me is done by Julie Wall. Yeah. Uh, Julie took a long time to get started, but now she has a location and she produces a lot of art. Uh, Theo, as you know, has become popular. He's super he's approaching, popular. He's approaching that celebrity status himself right now, I think. <laughs> yeah. Because he has a lot of really famous people that have bought some of his art and his art hangs in places throughout the world. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, it's amazing. Yeah. You know, what I'm, you know what I'm talking about? You're, you're working on things right now that are going to be seen everywhere throughout the globe. Absolutely. Is, Absolutely. Cool. It's, it's, yeah, it's great. There's so, so much talent, man. And that's just cool that, you know, just to, to think about it too is like, yeah, you own like a piece of history in certain people's like careers, you know? And it's like, that just Absolutely. like kind of that, that's also amazing to look at, you know, just to know that you've got to got a chance to meet these folks, you know? Um, how did you get started in coaching and entrepreneuring and what got you interested in doing that? Like, <laughs> cause I, I feel like, you know, me personally, you know, uh, my, what I usually do here in the industry for SW Films, I'm a, di- a director, a writer, and a producer. And, you know, directing, I put in the same category sometimes as teaching, coaching, and mentoring, because, you know, you're doing that for certain folks to, to bring out a certain emotion or to, you know, like I said, to, to do certain kind of actions or whatever, or have certain kind of uh, just emoting qualities. Like what made you want to try to coach and teach people uh, in this particular way too? Like what, what made you want to do that? Well, this, <clears throat> this will probably be a fairly long answer. So I apologize for that. Ahead of time. <laughs> it's all good. There, That's there, what we want. <laughs> there are two directions that it comes from. The first is that uh, I've, I've noticed <clears throat> one of the programs I'm involved with uses the Clifton strengths techniques to have young people discover what their strengths are. So I've taken that as well. Mm. And I know that my top five strengths line up with that. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, on the one hand, they, they fall into two groups. One uh, is uh, ideation. Yeah. One of my top strengths is ideation. And one of my other top strengths is intellection, which means that I can live in my head really, really well and come up with new ideas. Uh, yeah. 
Um, and on the other hand, uh, and the ideation part of it means that I get bored easily. I can't do repetitive things over and over again. It just drives me crazy. I'll stop. But, yeah. uh, but then on the other side of my strengths, I'm, I'm into uh, being you know, connection and I'm into uh, adaptability. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, so these, I'm into, on the one hand, living in my head and coming up with new things. On the other hand, it's connections and uh, empathy and, and those sorts of things. Yeah. Perfect storm for being a coach. Absolutely perfect storm for being a coach. Yeah. I, get to, I get to play with, and, and I have played with hundreds, if not thousands of companies. So yeah. everything's new. So I don't have to worry about getting bored, right? Right. I, I listen to what you're trying to accomplish and I can comment about it and I can share my ideas and it makes me all fulfilled. Uh, how did I get started doing that? I was doing innovation consulting in Cleveland. I decided that I was going to not do that anymore. And I came back to Fort Wayne and I got involved uh, with this organization that was just brand new and it had the word innovation in its title, the Northeast Indiana Innovation Center. So it was, mm-hmm. I just went, oh my God, it's got the word innovation. I have to go there. I have, <laughs> to, I have, to, I have to figure out what this thing is and, and, and I, I need probably to be, to, to be a part of it. And, or at least be there. And uh, so what I found out when I got there was that my view of innovation, which was creating and inventing products, was absolutely not what they did. They worked on commercialization of ideas mm-hmm. that other people already had. Uh, so they did entrepreneurship. Uh, but once I got involved and you know, initially got hired to do some part-time coaching of uh, some companies in a Actually, it was, I was supposed to coach a bunch of interns that mm-hmm. were supposed to be coaching some entrepreneurs. Unfortunately, the interns had no had zero experience in doing any of that, yeah. which is why I got hired. And so we, <laughs> we ended up uh, doing this thing where we helped people win business plan competitions. And we, we won all the paid places for like four years running, which was kind of cool. But, yeah. uh, but I discovered that that was cool. And I liked it. And it, I think because I didn't know it at the time, but it fed on those two different parts of my strengths. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and it, it gave me the sense of being fulfilled. And so just like inventing new products, I'm into newness. I'm into creating things that are new, uh, which makes sense. Entrepreneurship and creatives, right? So I'm always into newness. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so I, uh, uh, I felt fulfilled by that, just like I did when I was doing the innovation consulting. Uh, there's nothing more fulfilling than coming up with this aha idea about, oh my God, this is such a killer product idea. This is going to take over. Uh, the competition doesn't even know what we're thinking about. Uh, you know, right. those, <laughs> those ideas are just totally amazing. And they work oh, in yeah. both fields, innovation, entrepreneurship. They kind of go hand in hand, really. Uh, and so strictly by accident, because this organization had the word innovation in the title, I ended up coaching entrepreneurs. Wow. My, you, my, my life has been a series, Stefan, of all these accidents that led me stumbling down the road to this place where I fit. Wow. That's isn't beautiful. That, isn't that weird? <laughs> it is. It, it's not even weird because it's, it's, it's like it's it was meant for you. You know what I mean? It's It's never weird when it's just it perfectly fits for who you are and what you're supposed to be doing out here. So that's great. 
I mean, yeah. with are you still with this company, with the organization, the innovation? Are you still no. with them? No, no, no. Uh, we uh, we had a parting of ways about a decade ago. Uh, I have. Uh, uh, we'll we'll say that the culture that the management of that group was putting forth at the time was something that I wasn't into. Yeah. And so uh, uh, I left, and that was when I helped start my uh, co-working space called Founders in downtown Fort Wayne where the Tolan restaurant is today, right there on the landing. Oh, um, wow. And we did yeah. that back in 2012, 2013, and uh, operated that for a, somewhere around a year, a little a little more maybe, uh, interrupted at once by the fact that we there was a fire in the place above us and we got all the water damage that came out of oh, that. Oh, man. And yeah. so we had to close for a while, and then we came back and... Uh, and, and we finally closed for good when we discovered there was asbestos in the basement that was unfiltered and was leaking up yeah. through our HVAC system. It was like, ah, crap, we can't. Yeah. But we never oh, recovered man. and we, we, we closed. And, uh, but that was such a wonderful time in my life because that was, that was, we were kind of like a freeware co-working space. Yeah. So you, anybody could come in, do anything they wanted. Uh, I, I remember like, there was a lady who was an artist and uh, she thought you had to be like a computer geek or something to come into this and you bring a laptop and do something. It's like, <laughs> no, I don't care. Come on in yeah. and do whatever you want. So she would bring watercolors in and paint. Wow. Um, and that was, that was just kind of cool. Uh, and uh, so we did that for, for a while. Oh, and uh, that like I say, all the decisions in my life lead me down a, down a path from one place mm -hmm. to another. Uh, so you're getting more than you bargained for in answer to your question. So no, I'm not with the Innovation <laughs> Center. Uh, I, I co-founded a co-working space. We operated that for a while. We, I met a bunch of really cool people. I brought a, a lot of cool people together there. There were people that came there that... Uh, uh, Oh my God! Every, everywhere from people that were indeed filmmakers, uh, yeah. rap rap artists, yeah, uh, other artists, uh, uh, and a bunch of computer folk. The people yeah. that started Start Fort Wayne met there. Oh wow! Started That's the atrium. Cool. In other words, met there. They probably wouldn't have gotten together had that not happened. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it was a catalytic place. It wasn't yeah. a financial success, but it was a catalytic place for the community, in my yeah. opinion. That's that's great. I mean, that's isn't that that just sounds like right? That sounds just so it's monumental to do that, you know what I mean? And uh at that time too, when founders was around, was that like one of the first co-working spaces that Fort Wayne has kind of ever had? Yeah, I think that was prior? I think I think there was one attempt before that 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 never really got too far along at all, but I think it was the first time there was a co-working space that actually worked. Yeah. Uh, and, and, yeah. Uh, and frankly, I think it worked a lot better than the current co-working space. The, mm -hmm. the current co-working space is interested in a business model. So to be there, you have to pay money. Uh, we didn't right. care about that. We had a, we had a premium tier. So we started, we were, we were very close to breaking even would have given us a little bit more time. We could have done that, but, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, the the idea was that we wanted uh, 
philosophically to be totally open. We wanted anybody to be able to come in and do whatever they wanted mm-hmm. without thinking about paying for money. Drink some coffee, it's free. Have a Pepsi, it's free. Have mm-hmm. a snack, it's free. Just come on in and be there and do things. Yeah. Uh, it's super welcoming to be, to have something, you know, an area like that, you know, for the city. It's just it's, good. It's, it's amazing what happens when you're welcoming. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It's just the the people come. We we had uh, we we kept records of how many hours people worked. We had a little iPad at the door where you could come in and you could press your icon and say I'm here and then on the way out you could press it again and say I'm oh, gone. Wow. So we knew how many hours people were there and worked. Yeah. Uh, and it was incredible. Uh, and, uh, that's great it was just it was cool it was fun it was hip if you will yeah <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so with because i know the atrium was actually so when i went to the atrium that was the very first i think co-working space i'd probably ever been to at the time i don't think i'd ever seen maybe in florida when i was in college maybe but I mean, Florida, that school was kind of like a co-working space that, you know, that paid so much money for. Uh, But uh, (laughs) but yeah, I don't think Atrium was actually the very first co-working space that I'd ever been to. And that's when I very first had like kind of seen what that was. And, you know, I've I've done a few different like jobs out here. We've worked in co-working spaces. I can't really remember the names off the top of my head. I do remember this one that was like it was somewhere in Richmond, California. It was black operated. And it was a very big open space. We had shot, I forget what we were even working on. We were working with some software tech company and we had filmed a few different things in there. That was, that was pretty cool to see that space, but there's a lot of those spaces out here in the Bay area and LA and stuff like that. So a place like Fort Wayne, you know, getting an opportunity to have maybe one or two in the city, just feel it's, it's good. I think it's definitely great to have it. Um, One question I have though, uh, back on co-working spaces specifically is atrium i i don't know i haven't been to the atrium in a long time so i don't know if they're i don't know if they're still around or still open it's been a little while but i mean i guess what is do you know if they're open or not or if they're still operating absolutely i'm still a member yeah uh, and they still cash my checks so they must be open yeah so uh yeah like a lot of co-working spaces um the pandemic was uh, not good for them. And, yeah. and so what, what they're doing now is uh, working their well, working their way out of that. Yeah. And so things are starting to pick up a little bit. Uh, and uh, so they're, they're there, but they're not like quite as thriving as they wish they could be, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, they were, they were kind of taken over if you will. So yeah. uh, the uh, start Fort Wayne, I should say, who operated Atrium was taken over. Uh, and that was a nonprofit that uh, was started by Dave Sanders and some other folks. And, mm-hmm. uh, and when Dave kind of stepped away and back to his traditional business, he's, he's, a, he's a, a software tech guy. And mm-hmm. uh, he was really busy because most of his work was remote, so he never got hit by by pandemic, and he stayed he stayed really busy. But he moved away from Start Fort Wayne. I think his goal was to get it started, uh, and he accomplished that very well. Uh, yeah. And then uh, 
trying to figure out what would happen to Stark, Fort Wayne, and Atrium, Dan Swartz, who would started Wunderkammer, who I'm, mm-hmm. I'm assuming you know Dan. Yeah, I've, I've heard of, I think I've seen him on like Facebook and seen a few different things. Yeah, he's posted. kind of, he's kind of elusive. If you don't hang out at Wunderkammer much, you probably don't know him too well. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, uh, so in other words, uh, he took it over. He took over Stark, Fort Wayne as their executive director. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, kind of took over atrium if you will and uh, the people that were running atrium really never changed or anything like that yeah just uh, the guy running start fort wayne it's exec changed a little bit so Mm -hmm. they've had a few changes they're still there it's still a great place if you're listening in fort wayne and need a place to come and work yeah go to the atrium a combination of open seating uh and private offices and uh, you know, one reason that I maintain membership there is that I can yeah. reserve a conference room for like practically nothing. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I get little conference rooms available for, for literally nothing. It's included in what I pay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I can reserve a larger room to put on a workshop or something like that for, for next to nothing. So yeah. it, it has a lot of those great advantages. Uh, Absolutely. As far as working spaces like that, uh, the Innovation Center uh, focuses mainly on uh, longer-term leases, but they have a few short, short little, shorter-term little solo entrepreneur spaces as well. Uh, uh, and the uh, Enterprise Center, which is now called Seed. Mm-hmm. Uh, is uh, has got some spaces. Normally, they're bigger. They're for people that are going to be doing some, some maybe a larger manufacturing sort of thing or something like that. Yeah, um, no, absolutely. Now, what we're what we're hoping for are more places around which, proverbially, this happens like once every few years. People start talking about it, but it, 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 we we need a larger space that's devoted to artists. We need yeah. shared studio space. We don't have a lot of that. Yeah, uh, I think I, I think there might be at least one place that does some shared studio space around. Uh, yeah, there's a few spots. I guess it's just there's so many different kinds of uh, studio, you know, different uses for some of these different studios. I know there's a lot of different studios out here in the Bay, um, you know, that could be used as like event space or or, you know, obviously used as like a, it's specifically a, a, a film and video studio or photography studio that's used for a lot of stuff. I definitely think Fort Wayne needs more, more of those, or at least needs to be more marketed out there. So people could be aware of maybe where to reach them, how to reach them. Cause I feel like it's hard for a lot of artists like that to, to have, to use those resources. Cause I know some people will rent to folks, but it's just kind of hard to, to reach yeah. out or reach their prices. Some of the prices are definitely high for, I think for Indiana a little bit. Absolutely. I think a lot of people here that do film are basically going to rent equipment from Chicago. Yeah, they're, they're, that's the, see, <laughs> yeah. that's the thing, too. And, you know, eventually what I would love to do for Fort Wayne, because, you know, I have different I have different um, I have different viewpoints. And I, I usually since I'm from Angola and also Fort Wayne, I, I, I look at both of those and I kind of equate. That's okay. You can do it at Angola. You don't have to do it in Fort Wayne just because you're talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, I, you know, just because when I was living in Angola and Fort Wayne, I always like to equate some of the similarities and differences sometimes that they have. And, you know, obviously the big difference for Fort Wayne and Angola when it comes to, to this, you know, 
subject is just that Angola is much smaller and doesn't have those types of resources. So there's different resources I think that needs to happen. Same, I think Fort Wayne has a few things already dialed at, down. When you look at Fort Wayne compared to yeah. Indianapolis and then Indianapolis compared to Chicago. Yeah, same, that's true. Same thing. Same thing. That's true. So it's just like, I think that Fort Wayne for, you know, Indiana in general doesn't have film incentives. So Indiana doesn't have the opportunity to get a whole lot of, uh, film work a lot of a lot of productions are not happening in Fort Wayne like that or excuse me in Indiana so the thing is is you know I think what would make it so much more helpful if there was a one a production house or rental house that people could rent from as you were saying that like that is something there's a place here in the Bay Area called Ranahan shout out to Ranahan they're pretty much the main like rental uh rental house that people use in the Bay Area um, they've been around for a long time. I don't know how long, but they, everybody rents from them. They're based in, uh, Berkeley and, you know, mostly usually what happens on certain productions is sometimes if I have to go pick up a production truck, you know, I go to Ranahan, you pick up the truck, you go sign out a form, drive the truck off. You know, the truck has all this stuff in it, director's chairs, trash cans, uh, just a bunch of stuff that is needed for production or, you know, same thing with camera trucks and having that helps because if the barrier didn't have that, then, you know, the barrier would have a pretty a very it, the, the film community wouldn't be as prominent. And there's like a, other a few other rental houses, too. But Bert, uh, Ranahan's definitely the biggest one. But I think Fort Wayne, if Fort Wayne you had something like that, I feel like the community would would be would help out so much more. But I think I feel like it takes a big it takes bigger projects and bigger companies to come out there to allow that. But that's something that I would like to do eventually is try to bring a rental house to Fort Wayne. Fort Wayne is the size that they could definitely use something like that. So I, I, there are really two things, as you said, that I think are, that I totally agree are, are really important. One uh, from the governmental standpoint, we have no incentives, financial incentives in place for mm-hmm. people to come and do film production here. Yeah. Uh, and, and that sucks because guess where everybody's not going to come to do their film. Uh, yeah. And uh, uh, I've heard uh, you may know the name Ben Richards. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Ben uh, is down at IU right now, mm-hmm. uh, but he just received some awards from the nonprofit that I work with, Believe in a Dream. He just received a Young Entrepreneur's Award for some of the work that he does. Oh, nice. Uh, 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 I mean, the kid's in college, man. And uh, so basically he's younger than you. Mm-hmm. And and he's he's now producing his third feature film. It's like, holy crap, that's not bad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> not bad at all. And Absolutely. So one of the things that he says is that uh, there are a group of people at, that have come out of IU in film, the 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 Indiana mafia, he would say. And uh, <laughs> so he, he wants to be a part of a group and get that you know, brings people together and then lobbies the state for incentives. And, mm. uh, and I totally agree with that. He's never talked about the need for like rental or equipment or anything, but uh, uh, I, I always figured that studio space is going to get covered by somebody. Hunting, Huntington University here in Northeast Indiana mm-hmm has a pretty good digital school and that mm-hmm. includes a lot of good people in film uh, as well. And I always figured that they would expand their studio and their equipment capabilities and make it available. And so right. Yeah. 
it's grown a little, but it hasn't grown as much as I thought it might. Yeah, definitely the schools help out. Um, there's just not, I feel like, you know, any, any, uh, definitely IU is a big one because uh, IU have, or in Bloomington specifically has a company called exactly. Pegasus Pictures, um, which I don't know if they're still <laughs> located in Bloomington, but they did create like a, um, some kind of acting school out there that kind of helps out with folks and just having those cool. resources help out a whole lot. And, you know, me, myself, instead of just being a person, cause you know, I'm right now I'm growing much of my own notoriety as well as growing SW films. Uh, here in the Bay, which is, you know, a whole nother area that I have to grow and kind of, you know, uh, bloom in, you know, which I've, I feel like I've done a pretty good job of that so far. You know, I still want to give back a lot to to Indiana. Of course, that's home. And it's like, uh, there's a lot of different things I want to do to help kind of build those up. And I think a rental house eventually would be such a huge thing because that would help out a lot of people. A lot of people don't have the proper equipment. If you do want certain equipment, you're going to, you know, people are going to end up buying this equipment and it's going to cost them so much more. And uh, truthfully, you know, it's just, you know, that stuff kind of, you know, decreases in value, uh, especially after you buy it. I think it's just better to have some certain things rented. And there's a lot of stuff, you know, just knowing that there's certain, like there's not being a part of these different productions. I know what kind of type of uh, equipment is really needed to make it a good experience on set. And I feel like not a lot of, small crews or certain things, you know, these different people who are kind of working individually have that or know that specifically, there's a lot of stuff that is important to have on these sets. And I think it's good to have a rental house eventually. So that's, that's a plan for the future. So there's, there's not a, you know, just shout out to you, man, because there, there are probably a lot of people that dream about doing what you're doing, but don't have the guts or the balls to go do it. Like you said, I'm going to go, I'm going to go where, I can learn about film and where I can involve myself uh, and be mm-hmm. engaged and, uh, and up my skills. <coughs> mm-hmm. I went to the Bay Area yeah. uh, uh, and just spent some time on the West Coast, Bay Area, L.A., et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as you said, the people that stick around Fort Wayne and say, I'm going to do film, it's like, they don't have that exposure, man. They yeah. don't learn those stuff. So shout out to you for, oh, thank for you. doing what you're doing. Second shout out to you, by the way. Uh, <laughs> you always keep Angola in Indiana in your head. Absolutely, I, all I the time. That. You, uh, I've seen things that uh, you produced that you shot mm-hmm. right here in Angola. Yeah. Right? Uh, mm-hmm. After you'd moved away. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I know, I know that you're there upping your skills, but I know that you're back here doing some shooting from time to time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so kudos to you, man. That's awesome. Cool. Right, thank you, man. I, I appreciate it. You know, I always want to make sure to, to give back where I can for, for home. And, and as I continue to grow the notoriety, I think that'll, it'll help out to get more things going, but back to you uh, with, coaching and entrepreneuring um just the aspect of teaching and mentoring like does that have a special place for you um and just where like basically like everything that you've done now up until this point like where you're at specifically now like do you like you feel accomplished with all the different people that you've gotten to speak to and people that you've gotten to like help them get their businesses and ideas created like does that have a special place for you does that like really how does that truly fulfill you on a daily <clears throat> So I, so I think I started out uh, 
not with this overarching vision of helping uh, another generation build a better mm-hmm. tomorrow. I think I started out with a feeling of uh, I love newness and I love helping people create things. Yeah. I love creating things. Uh, so my specialty is coaching people that are in a startup mode, somebody that's in, been, been in business 10 years and needs somebody to coach them to make a change. It's like, I mean, I'm not your guy. Uh, mm-hmm. That's, that's not me. I like to sit around the table and hear people like Dylan and Justin go, Hey, we're thinking about doing this new thing. And yeah. what about, what do you think about this? Yeah. Uh, and you know, how could we approach that? And, and mm-hmm. after you do a, like, a few hundred of those things, you have a pretty good idea in your head of what works and doesn't. Yeah. Uh, I'll never tell you whether or not I think your product idea or your service idea is good. That's up to your customers. Uh, But I can tell you how to go find out the answer to that. I can tell you what might not work. I can, I, I, I can, uh, let's go back to Dylan and Justin. Yeah. Just because it's fun to talk about. And you'll, you'll, you'll remember this, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. They came back after having kind of put their business on hold for a while. Yeah. And, uh, and said, so, so we're thinking about maybe doing something again, blah, blah, blah. What do you think? Mm-hmm. And, and so for lack of a more nice way of saying it, yeah. I basically just said, well, I don't know what you're thinking about. Just fucking do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and they yeah. they they have cited that on more than one occasion as well. <laughs> yeah. I guess we just kind of needed to hear that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so so uh, for yeah. me, it's it's uh, coaching is fun because sometimes I can help somebody think through something and help yeah. them uh, help them be successful. On other occasions. People just need somebody to tell them it's okay. Yeah, that's true. And since I work a lot with entrepreneurs that are younger, when you look at people in high school and Mm -hmm. college, sometimes uh, they've heard for so many years that they're uh, that they're the underlings, right? You're the younglings. You don't know you you're you're not mature enough yet to do stuff. Wait till you're right. done with school. Wait till you're done with that. Wait till, wait till, wait till, wait till. It's like, yeah. so they need somebody to step in and go, I don't know what the heck you're thinking about. Just go do it. You have everything that it takes to be able to do this. Right. They need, they need somebody that doesn't patronize them. They need somebody that believes in them. And, and, and for a long time, I called that my superpower. It was like, I just believe in young people and I believe yeah. they can do it. Uh, yeah, you you're in a different environment than Indiana. You've noticed the difference. If, yeah. if you're if you're in the Bay Area and you haven't started the company by the time you're 18, you're probably not in the majority. Uh, <laughs> you're, yeah. Right? Yeah, honestly. <laughs> and, and here in Indiana, if you haven't started your company by then, yeah. you're, you're you're a good boy or a good girl because you yeah. waited. Now you're going to go get a <laughs> job someplace right it's like right 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 that's just so much bs you you yeah it's important this is sorry my soapbox today is that it's important for everybody in the upcoming generation to understand how to own and start and run their own business absolutely in my father's era 
people went to work for a company and the companies took care of them. And like my father, you could stay there for 30 years. That shit yeah. just doesn't work anymore. Companies yeah. don't do that anymore. They don't take care of you. They don't give you a full lifetime employment. You're on your own, yeah. baby. You oh, need man. to know how to be on your own. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's why it's important to do what I do. It's like to, to, to help people understand that, that they don't have to be dependent on everybody else if they can go do it on their own. Yeah. Uh, this generation more than any needs it. Absolutely. There's so many great points that you brought up that has, I have a few different questions on a few points, specifically <laughs> on um, the, the company, like how you said, it's not like that anymore, where companies are not, they don't take care of people and people are working there for years and years and years. I want to get your opinion. I know you've been hearing about how there's been seemingly a sh- staff shortage, like in a lot of places for these different kinds of jobs throughout the, throughout the, throughout the nation. You know, it's been happening a lot, even, he- even here in the Bay, a lot of companies are, you know, a lot of people are getting staff shortages because people don't want to work. You know, the pandemic has been a very, it was a very rough situation for a lot of people. And we're still in a pandemic, but the, the height of the pandemic was very tough for a lot of people. So a lot of people were living off unemployment for a while. I tried to get off, get on unemployment, but for some reason it didn't work for me. And, and luckily I got lucky to where I think in June of last year, I, I stayed pretty consistent working and stuff like that. But, um, the thing is, though, is what is your opinion on these staff shortages? Do you think do you think that it's more than people don't want to necessarily they just want to you know live off the government? Or do you believe that some people are kind of realizing like, hey, I don't want to work for this company that's not taking care of me. I'd rather create something on my own because I kind of believe I believe that's how it's kind of been. I feel like people are trying to be more entrepreneurs than they ever have before, honestly. So I'm going to go way back in time to answer this question. This <laughs> is kind of weird, I'm, I know, but uh, I want to tell you about two companies that uh, I remember from like more than a decade ago. Yeah. And one of them that shall remain nameless uh, couldn't find good people. And they're, they were just bitching and moaning about the fact that it's like, well, nobody wants to come to Indiana or to Fort Wayne to be a, you know, a, a software engineer. No, I can't get good software people to come here. Blah, 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 wine, 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 poor me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on the other hand, uh, one of the entrepreneurs I worked with, Dave Corcoran, who's a marvelous individual, had a company called Trustbear Labs, and they were doing work in identity authentication back in, you know, mm. you know security kind of work uh, yeah. before it was cool, if you will. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dave, on the other hand, was hiring people out of Microsoft that were moving mm-hmm. out of freaking Microsoft to come to Fort Wayne to be a part of this venture. Yeah, you you tell me the difference. The difference is, well, I can't get people to come here to Fort Wayne. I think your company sucks. I, don't, I think when you talk, I think when you talk to people, that's why he remained nameless. <clears throat> I think when you, talk, I, I think when you talk to people and you try to tell them about the culture and, yeah. and so forth of your company uh, and the job itself and the work, mm-hmm. uh, that they smell that this isn't the right place for them. And they don't come. Mm-hmm. I think when Dave talked to people, they went, "Oh my God, this is so cool." I'm here. Yeah. I'm here, man. And, right. And 
So I think that very same sentiment has uh, kind of increased in uh, and just been brought into the forefront recently with the debate about do people want to work, do people not want to work. I think it's uh, people leave companies because of other people. They leave people because of bad managers. They leave people because of a, the culture sucks. Uh, <clears throat> if you want to understand that, look at the subreddit uh, Kitchen Confidential, which is all about people. This you you just that's it's it's a great subreddit yeah. to read. Uh, uh, yeah. First of all, it's scary. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but the yeah. but I think you can as an entrepreneur you have a duty as a founder to create a mm -hmm. culture and to create work that is fulfilling for people. The Absolutely. fact that I find what I do fulfilling uh, uh, and I've kind of kind of created this role for myself almost on my own, if you will. Mm -hmm. uh, and I don't employ a bunch of people or anything like that, but if I did and I didn't, and if I thought they were just going to be like worker bees and drones, mm -hmm. holy crap, that would be terrible. Uh, right. Uh, I yeah. Mean, you, you should put me out of business. Yes. <laughs> right. So I, I'm totally, yeah. I'm, I'm also totally under the impression that you need to pay somebody reasonably for what they do. So part of the argument here has mm -hmm. always gone to like, you cheap bastards, you, you want to pay the cheapest minimum wage that you can mm -hmm. and then ask people to work their butt. No, man, come on, pay them well. Exactly. Exactly. You know, it's interesting. Um, I don't know if you've seen, I've posted a few things on, uh, on social media, you know, the film industry actually is, is probably going to have a strike here pretty soon, which is based mm. on wow. pay uh, wages of, of, of like, you know, pay for people. So there's a, a group uh, union called the IATSE, which is like a lot of like the, the grips and electrics, the camera people, um, they work on all these union jobs, like these big television shows or big films and all this kind of stuff. And basically they're going to throw a strike because the Alliance of motion pictures and television, uh, do not want to pay people proper wages. They don't want to give people, I guess, safe, safer regulations on set. Um, because, you know, there's been like a big issue with, you know, people working 14 plus hours in the industry, uh, which honestly, that is 100% a huge issue. Like a lot of the jobs that I work on, I, on these bigger shoots, I'm usually a production assistant and production assistants are always going to be working 12 plus hours. I'm, I'm like, you have to, you always have to count for a 13, 14 hour day as a PA. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's very, it's unfortunate, but also there's, you know, issues, there's things called meal penalties, you know, in the industry that kind of are a big thing too. Like if we don't hit the meal, uh, meal time at like the sixth hour, there's a whole bunch of issues. And it's funny. Uh, so you work long hours and don't get fed. So, well, we get fed, but sometimes, <laughs> so the perfect, the perfect opportunity or the perfect opportunity, the perfect example is actually the new Matrix movie. I worked on Matrix uh, Resurrections. It's called Matrix 4, which I'm super, super excited about. Wow, that's awesome, um, dude. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it was amazing. I got to meet Keanu Reeves on Valentine's Day, and it was awesome. It was great. But Matrix was one of the only productions that there was there every single night we had worked, I want to say maybe 14 hours, 14, 15 hours. But there was one day in particular where we worked, I, I want to say like 19 hours one day. Nice. Um, we had started at 5 p.m. because it was overnight shoot. So we started at 5 p.m., but then we didn't wrap 
until I want to say maybe 11 in the morning, the very next morning. Um, and it was just super, super brutal, um, super brutal. And the thing is, is that that set has something called French hours, which is basically instead of breaking for lunch, someone will go and give you lunch while you're on set, but you're still having to work throughout the time. And it's like, whenever you eat is whenever you eat, but they didn't break like an hour for lunch, how they normally would on some of these like smaller shoots or non-union shoots or whatever, just shoots usually are supposed to be like that. But there was French hours. Now that's the only production that I've done that has done something like that. Um, No other production that I've been on has been like that, but still a lot of productions I've been on have been 14 plus hours and I'm not union, you know, and most of the shoots that I work on aren't always union. There's a lot of non-union jobs out here too. A lot of the union jobs are mainly like in LA, Atlanta, New York, a lot of those really, really big areas where Netflix and Apple uh, and, you know, Amazon, these different kind of companies are doing that. And basically the people want to strike because it's like, you're not making it safe for us. You're not giving us enough money. And, uh, people are, people want to kind of, you know, um, people want to strike about that. So that's, that's very interesting that you'd mentioned that and bring up that because that has definitely seemed to be a pretty big, big issue. I think not just in the film industry, but even out in these, you know, in the, these other industries too, um, where people are not getting paid a lot. And I know Indiana, I think, kind of spiked up the minimum wage a little bit i believe um you know so there i think some companies are trying are gonna start to realize that hey without us none of this stuff works you know none of this stuff is gonna go without us so i'm hoping that that change happens you know pretty soon um, for these companies i look at the culture of a company and uh and say there's there's nothing wrong with working your ass off once in a while uh, yeah. There was nothing wrong with having a time when, you know, we were going to get together and go, well, today, our only chance to get this done is 19 hours and we're going to fucking do it. Uh, yeah. Guess what? We're not going to do that every day and we're not going to do 12 hours every day. And we're not going to do 14 every day and, and, and expect you to kind of just live with that. Uh, mm-hmm. uh we expect that every once in a while we're going to work our butts off. That's just the way you do it when mm-hmm. you're doing when you're starting up. Uh, and yeah, it might might be the way of doing it when you're. You know, every film production is like a little startup, almost, right? Yeah, yeah. So every Absolutely. once in a while there are going to be those things, and it's like, man, our lights going to go away, our scenes, our our settings going to go away, everything's mm-hmm. going to. If, if we don't do it right now. Bad things things happen. But guess what? Next week, we're going to do something different. Right, exactly. It's it's crazy. So the strike, you know, the strike could definitely affect different jobs out here, too. So it's going to be interesting. And I'm and I'm definitely in support of the strike. But I think it's going to be interesting to see how that might might affect certain productions and jobs out here in the Bay. Um, Because not a lot of big there's hasn't been a lot of big, big productions that come here to the Bay Area too often. I think in January, there's supposed to be another Marvel movie that's coming out here, and then um, another TV show coming out next early next month. So we'll see how that affects them. Hopefully, it doesn't affect them from coming out here and, and working. So I'll, so I'll just make a suggestion to you because you know it just came into my head. Um, yeah. So you've probably got some property you're working on that you want to shoot of your own. Why don't oh, you yeah. just come back to Angola if the strike goes too too out of hand? Come back mm-hmm. to Angola and shoot something here that. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, that's why I was thinking. Like, you know, because there's there's still clients I can get out there, and I feel like recently, 
there's been much more clientele that has has wanted to come work with me after seeing all the different stuff I've working on. Yeah. Uh, I've worked on. So, so yeah, definitely. There, there's the I'm not too worried about how it's going to affect me necessarily. I'm saving up as much as I as I can at the moment. And I'm, uh, I'm, I'm just I'm just joking. I know you'd be fine. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. But still, I did think about that. When I heard about it, I was like, all right, I might have to go back to Indiana to maybe shoot like whatever, like a commercial or a music video or something. So I was thinking about that, too, because if it does happen to where a strike affects like a certain month, like say if it affects October, then it's like, all right, well, I'm going to have to make a decision. And, uh, you know, that would be the most the most uh, that'd be the smart decision, either to do something out there or do something out here, even like, you know, not. Of course, the union stuff is is for all the major, major stuff. And even the non-union stuff is for, you know, major stuff for these different tech companies or whatever. But at the same time, you know, I can still definitely get some different projects done um, at a at a smaller at a smaller size. But um, another thing I wanted to go back to is the the thing you said, just fucking do it, which is so important. I think a lot of people. <laughs> A lot of people need to hear that because, you know, as I have mentored a few people who wanted to be creatives and everything, I think that's something that I should have said, like from the beginning, because I feel like a lot of people are very, very afraid. And as you said, too, like the younger folks are you always usually treated as, you know, you have so much time. You, you're This is not the time for you to do it. But truthfully, there is no perfect timing to any of this stuff. It's like you just need to fucking do it. And I completely agree. I mean, like. I feel like more people need to hear that. And I feel like that's what makes you so essential to, to the community in Northeast Indiana and Fort Wayne is nobody is saying it like that, you know? So, and, we, have and, a, so we have it, a culture, we have a culture yeah. here in the Midwest. It's a conservative culture. I think yeah. you probably agree with that. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> and part of being a conservative culture means that uh, we, we, we expect people to quote, do it right. Uh, right. And so exactly. what happens what happens is that you're taught as a child. Uh, uh, well, actually, don't get me started on education. Uh, <laughs> we, or, or if you do, it's a different subject. But what, yeah. what happens is that uh, people have people think that they have to find the right, perfect way mm-hmm. to do it, uh, and startups and entrepreneurship aren't like that. I don't care how perfect you think it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to change. So the, yep. the important thing is to start doing it mm-hmm. and then keep your eyes open and watch how you can evolve it and make it better. Uh, but right. You don't have to start your business. No, no. Another way to say it is nobody started their business making $20 million a year in their company on, on their first product on day one. That's not yeah. the way it works. You work Absolutely. your way up to it. There's a, there's a wonderful book called Founders at Work that was written by Jessica Livingston, uh, who is the, the wife of Paul Graham, who uh, together they founded Y Combinator. Mm. And uh, Founders at Work is this, this bunch of stories about a bunch of tech founders kind of from almost a generation ago, but, but uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of these tech founders and literally half, I'm, I mean the word literally, literally, uh, literally half yeah. of the stories, uh, the tech companies went big 
doing something that was entirely different than what they started their company to do. Mm. They started their company thinking it would be X and then they found Y and then they went big. Yeah. So they just did it. They got started. Mm -hmm. You're not going to find all the opportunities unless you start. So that's exactly, that's what I think is important. And I think that, that culturally you have to overcome that thought about being perfect. Uh, Yeah. And and I, I, I hate the phrase fail early and fail often. Uh, what I, mm. I, I'd like to rephrase all of that stuff because uh, the word fail has a negative connotation to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's basically start and then use all the things that don't work exactly right as learning opportunities. What you're, Every startup needs to understand that things won't make sense for a little while. And your job right. of a startup is to... Uh, discover the ways that your business makes sense Mm -hmm. absolutely or to get to the point where you discover that it probably never will and then you stop and you do something else but uh, yeah basically yeah just it it won't necessarily all make perfect sense to begin with right uh, and i think what's start up so much fun absolutely and i think what help what makes it great for for you and just the community is that there's not, you know, I feel like when it comes to these businesses and entrepreneurs and just, you know, certain communities, people like to be very clean cut and don't like to say it how it is. So nah, sometimes you have to add the fucking to just do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? You got to just fucking do it. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I feel like you need to do that. I think that's why people love like people like Gary Vee or Andy Frazella. Like they just kind of say it in a very realistic and blunt type of way. And I feel like people respect that much more because sometimes if people are, at least from my opinion, in my perspective, when people would say from a clean cut situation, not all the time, but sometimes I feel like it's not always as genuine as someone who's just going to cuss at me, but still like, I, you know, encourage me <laughs> to do something. I tend, I, I tend to do that for emphasis. And I do that. Yeah. On, I do that on purpose, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've had, I've had people look at me like I was like, terrible like a terrible person uh, it's like yeah because you got clean cut people sometimes you, you you heard it though didn't you you yeah. got the point didn't you yeah uh, but, exactly uh, but, uh, so i don't i don't use the word fucking in every other sentence right right <laughs> yeah just for the emphasis no, I, I get yeah. yeah just for the emphasis i like it all right so i want to break off now into talking a little bit more in depth about um just some of the, the the community of entrepreneurs and creatives in Fort Wayne. Um, you advocate so much for Northeast Indiana and Fort Wayne when it comes to, to the different things that people are creating. I guess what makes you believe in the in the strength in the in the in the weight of Fort Wayne and its in its entrepreneurial community? Like what makes you believe in the community of Fort Wayne and Northeast Indiana so much for this type of uh, type of work? Why wouldn't you believe? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why wouldn't you? So, but w- so, so, I mean, people are no different here than they are anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Uh, not everybody is going to start a company. Uh, not everybody that starts a company is going to try to do something that's a big scalable company. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Part of uh, well, we're, 
by the time this airs, we'll be closer to a thing that I'm going to be doing in, uh, in 2022. That uh, uh, basically through the nonprofit that I work with, Believe in a Dream, I'm reinstituting some of the youth coaching programs that I had before. And I'm breaking it off into a, like an accelerator-ish program for companies that are already launched, high school yeah. students and maybe some college students who are uh, strictly for them. But then there's this other group that are basically doing exploration. They're not mm. quite sure if they want to be an entrepreneur. And so uh, it's always been the failure mode for some of the other accelerators that occurred because mm -hmm. people uh, would, our assumption was that if you signed up for this accelerator program uh, that you were all in and you were going to make it happen. And right. some of the people then would get partway through it and they wouldn't do the work. They wanted yeah. to talk about it and they wanted to think about it and they wanted to play on paper, but they never really did the work. Uh, right. So, uh, so it's not as if uh, Fort Wayne has an inordinate amount of people would just play around and don't do the work. Uh, uh, I think the same is true everywhere you go. Uh, culturally, the Bay Area might be a little more advanced because it's like embedded in the culture. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I, I visited Boulder once in, to, uh, on behalf of another nonprofit here uh, through a friend of mine, Nick Arnett. And mm -hmm. we went to a, the object was to go to different cities and talk to their entrepreneurial and their community and other leaders and find out what made things work there and then bring that back to Fort Wayne. So in Boulder, mm -hmm. the first person I talked to was a 16 year old entrepreneur who, wow. uh, yeah, who, who met me for coffee in the middle of the day during finals week in, in his high school. It was like, well, I don't really need to be there. I can come on. I'll just I'll introduce you to the city. Wow. And when I asked him about uh, something to do with uh, the difference between a, 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 just a regular business person and an entrepreneur, he just looked at me very quizzically, you know, like the RCA dog, and basically said, <laughs> so what, there is no difference. If you're in business, you're entrepreneurial. And that's, that's the attitude that he had, and that's the attitude that a lot of people in Boulder had. And I think that's the attitude that's more prevalent in the Bay Area. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that's the attitude that we need to work toward <laughs> here in yeah. Northeast Indiana. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so why not? I mean, uh, you, you, have, you have to be willing to skate where the puck is going. You have to be willing to try to work toward something. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to just accept the way the past has always been. And from my vantage point, that's why I do what I do. It's like, why well, I, I have to have an outlook that says that Fort Wayne, Northeast Indiana, Angola, and by the way, there are a lot of cool people in Angola doing a lot of cool entrepreneurial things. Uh, that, yeah. uh, that all of these, all of these people in all these communities can, can be just as highly entrepreneurially successful as anybody in the Bay Area, anybody in Austin, anybody in New York City, anybody in Atlanta, etc. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think, you know, so my, 
You're kind I of guess, proof. Of, you're kind of proof of that, by the way. Oh, thank you. Nah, definitely. I mean, I think you know it's it's interesting because like when I when I first went to the atrium and got to to meet everybody, all these different types of folks, you know, it, it definitely made me just like appreciate how much more people are really trying to like create something for the city or create something that you know that they might want to be nationwide or however worldwide and uh you know I, one thing that I, I forget the site i don't know if it's one million cups website or there's some website that dylan showed me like a while ago where it just had a list of all these different kind of tech companies that are being created in northeast indiana and it was just really cool to like see the you know see the different logos kind of go on their websites and check some of their stuff out you know, it's just cool because you, it, you know, it introduces at least how I look at different things is I look at how can I help people? How can I reach out to somebody and, you know, shoot a commercial for them? That's, that's, you know, my main interest, you know, when I see these different companies and meeting these different people is like, okay, well, how can we help each other? How can I help them, you know, uh, market themselves? Because of course, marketing, especially nowadays is like one of, I would say in the top three and not even three or two might be the number one tool that these businesses have to use because social media is taking over, you know? Um, and uh, I feel like, you know, just marketing yourself on social media is, it needs to happen more often. But um, I guess my certain kind of opinions on like the entrepreneurial community is, I feel like the entrepreneurial community in Fort Wayne is definitely, it's strong. There's a lot more uh, entrepreneurs than, like I said, than I had ever expected, ever thought. You're seeing a lot of people doing a really a lot of amazing stuff. There's a lot of organizations like One Million Cups. I remember going to I think maybe one or two of those events, and then showing up to uh, you know Aaron's Founder Spark event. There's a lot more events and organizations that are popping up to try to make this more of a prominent thing, and I think that's great because there's you know it's it's one it's the second biggest city. If if Fort Wayne didn't have something like that, I feel like it would be kind of a loss a little bit. Um, you know, I feel like it, I feel like at the rate that Fort Wayne is growing, it's important kind of back to what you said about the company, you know, hiring people from Microsoft, you're starting to kind of see that more often a little bit, you know, the Bay area, while the Bay area is great, it's ridiculously expensive, <laughs> ridiculously expensive. And a lot of people are leaving it, California and leaving some of these different, like really expensive places and moving to these smaller cities, uh, to kind of help grow those economies. I mean, if you look at <clears throat> like Austin, Texas, which is not really one of the like bigger cities like that. It's growing at a crazy rate. You know, um, the, once the Tesla factory gets created out there, that's about to be even more of a booming uh, economical uh, situation over there. And, you know, I feel like Fort Wayne uh, is, is growing at a certain rate that is just trying to make uh, things a little bit better. But specifically, though, do you think that Fort Wayne has the potential to possibly grow to like, the size of like an Austin, Texas, not maybe in population wise, but just as far as the, as far as like where it stands right now, do you think it's, it could grow to like the size of, in, of the economy of like a, an Austin, Texas, or maybe like, we'll say like an Indianapolis. Like, do you think that these, the entrepreneurs um, and the different businesses in the city are helping to grow that to that potential? So uh, I think there are two ways that cities approach making that happen. And I think the economic development people here started focusing on just sheer numbers of people that are living here. Yeah. Uh, and, and they had goals to have, have more people come to the city. Uh, and 
like I said, the old school economic development people always have their eye on, let's go find a company and have a move here and, you know, and drag a thousand new workers there with mm-hmm. it or something like that or create yeah. a thousand new jobs. Uh, uh, I don't see any reason why we can't grow them from the ground up. Yeah. Like, like I said, nobody else started a company making $20 million in their first you know, at a run rate of $20 million on day one. Uh, mm-hmm. What did Amazon, how, how many products did Amazon sell when they got started? One, they sold books. Come on, we can start somewhere, we can grow things. Uh, uh, and Fort Wayne has always been a little too unassuming and a little uh, uh, aw shucks kind of way to kind of uh, not even talk about some of the modern tech companies that are already here. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I, uh, so I'm, I, frankly, I made a list and, and there, <laughs> there are a few companies around here that, uh, that have done really well in, uh, in, in tech or tech enabled fields. Uh, yeah. 3DG down on, located down on the landing, Alex Smith and Shane Arugio and, and their third partner whose name I don't remember. Uh, uh, have have done really well and uh, a- attracted uh, you know a few million dollars in venture capital, uh, uh, which is you know people say you don't get venture capital in Fort Wayne like you do in the Bay Area. Well, we don't in quantity, but we have companies that have three mm-hmm. uh, BG being one of them. Allied Payment Systems, uh, uh, Ralph Marcatelli's company being another one, and uh, and then. Look at companies like uh, Sweetwater Sound. Sweetwater yep. Sound has grown amazingly. Crazy! Uh, I actually just seen at that at that um, rental house, Ranahan. I walked in to to go pick up a, a cube truck one day, and I seen a whole bunch of Sweetwater stickers like inside of the rent. And I was like, I, I stopped <laughs> the person. I was like, Yo! I said, This is like in my hometown where I was born. Like, this is kind of crazy. I thought that was. I thought that was kind of amazing. I was like, I cannot believe it. But then when you think about it with the stuff that Sweetwater has and, you know, these different productions, it kind of makes sense. Like some of them might be getting a lot of their stuff from Sweetwater. So that's, that's really awesome. So yeah. like they're, a, they're like a world leader e-commerce. Shindigs is another company located in downtown Fort Wayne that's, that's, that, that does that. We have various mm-hmm. insurance companies that, um, yeah. that you can consider to be tech companies. Um, Vera Bradley's another big one. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Bradley. Yeah. So, I, I think that Fort Wayne uh, needs to kind of, but at the same time, we also have uh, uh, a strong contingent that thinks that we need to worry about our legacy industries. It's like Mm -hmm. automotive is the is the answer. Like that was (laughs) that was one of the uh, (laughs) Grody is leading the pack. Oh, don't say that. Don't say that. So, so from, uh, our, from our history, which might be a little bit before your time, by the way, um, mm-hmm. International Harvester was a, like a huge manufacturing company here. And mm-hmm. they had they manufactured uh, trucks like Scouts and things like that. Uh, and when they left to go to Ohio, uh, a couple of years later, we had brought in a GM facility. And so all yeah. of a sudden, the people here in Fort Wayne were like, see, automotive is always going to be our savior. And, and, mm-hmm. and 
So I think there are some people here that worried about automotive and uh, manufacturing and uh, healthcare manufacturing uh, and things like that. And just basically uh, didn't want to increase other new modern tech companies. Yeah. Uh, that's what I think is important. And I, that's why I think it's important to know that we can do it. That we already have a bunch of people here that do tech. There's no reason we can't grow that. And whether it grows mm -hmm. to be as well known in that field as often or not, I don't know. Austin, yeah. Austin got their start by having uh, some city or government support for the semiconductor industry. And a lot of that was done very specifically in mind with a lot of government subsidies to bring in people that were going to work in the semiconductor industry and be professors as well uh, in some of the universities there. So they, they specifically drew that. If you look at their origin story of how they got into tech, they really got, got their start very purposefully uh, in Fort Wayne and, uh, and Allen County and uh, you know, anything in Northeast Indiana. We, we mainly think about our legacy industry as opposed mm -hmm. to the fact that we could maybe start a whole new one like Austin did. Now, yeah. I've, yeah. I've, I've always felt bad about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think there's, and I think that's great. While now it's like, there's, there's trying to be a more bigger emphasis on uh, helping out these different like companies that are startup that are starting up. And uh, cause yeah, definitely the legacy companies, a lot of people think about those and it's always interesting to kind of see the size of different companies, you know, from back home, like um, Sweetwater, you know, I think I forget when I kind of really started to know more about Sweetwater It's definitely probably right after I came back from college in 2016 is when I started to realize like, Oh, Sweetwater is a lot bigger than I ever had expected, you know? And, and then it even just occurred like that again. Like I said, when I seen those stickers here in the Bay area, I was like, Oh, that's crazy. Um, but I, I remember uh, a business I worked with, uh, called Wenzel metal spinning. I did a commercial for them. Uh, they're based in Fremont, Indiana, or at least they, their headquarters is in Fremont, Indiana. They have a space in Angola and they have a place in Alabama. And I didn't realize that they're the biggest metal spinning factory in America, which wow. was really, really cool. You know, it's awesome. just kind of hear that that was like kind of homegrown, you know, right in my hometown. It, it just felt, it felt kind of cool to see that. And of course it always, it felt good to, you know, to give them a commercial and to, to kind of help push that kind of message out there too. Cause you know, not, not a lot of whole, not a whole lot of people know about metal spinning. So it was kind of just cool to give that opportunity for them to, to introduce what, themselves. And I don't even to more know folks. what metal spinning is. <laughs> yeah. They, I mean, they, they create a lot of parts for like, you know, uh, different industries, like in the agriculture industry, it's a, it's the stuff that they may use in the military. They actually created some, uh, certain pieces of um architecture for uh the fast one of the fast and furious movies like they do they've done a lot of really cool stuff so it was cool nice. to kind of see the behind the scenes of everything that they've done awesome um but for all the different companies that you've came across and have all the different people you've met has there been one business one startup that has stuck out to you the most one that was like one to where you thought wow this is one of the most innovative companies that could possibly be created. And uh, it's one of those companies that you kind of knew would have a, a pretty big success. 
So I'm going to answer that by going back to a guy I talked about earlier, Dave Corcoran. Uh, and uh, uh, Dave's, I'm going to talk about another company as well. But first, let me start with Dave. There, I, have, mm-hmm. I have a couple people that, that uh, impressed me that way. Mm-hmm. Number one, Dave got his start when he was in college at Purdue by working on an open source project and got to know everybody in the identity authentication industry by being involved in running an open source project. Uh, when he started doing his consulting work, uh, which eventually turned into the Trustbearer Labs product work, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you could tell that they had something special going on, that they, they knew their shit, if you will. Yeah. Uh, and then their company got sold, got acquired, if you will. Uh, and he moved on to another company that now exists called Census, uh, C-E-N-S-Y-S. And uh, it's uh, based in Ann Arbor, where he lives part-time. He also has some property still around Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so basically, uh, he started up another company uh, after Trospera Labs that was drawing at an even more fast and furious. Sorry about the pun. You used the words. <laughs> I didn't. But at a fast and furious rate. Uh, and uh, so sometimes it's not companies, it's people. Uh, yeah. So Dave recently stepped down from uh, as the CEO of Census because he realized that Census was now in the point at the point where uh, they needed somebody to run it that was really good at scaling businesses to be huge. Mm. And that's not his passion. And that's not his love. His love is starting things. So he was like, I'm going to get out of the way. I'm going to let somebody else that really knows how to scale things, let them do that. And uh, I'm going to go find out what's my next company. <laughs> right. So that's exactly yeah. what that's what he's doing right now. Yeah, he's looking for what's what's next. Wow. Uh, yeah. And uh, the other thing, the other company in person that I like to talk about is Herb Swartz, who was like my first, one of my very first clients at the Innovation Center, uh, Schwartz Biomedical, uh, and so he he started doing different uh, orthopedic related products and mm-hmm. uh, uh, dealing with biomaterials. And he started with one product called BioDuct, which helped bring, uh, uh, this is sound gross, but it's uh, your, your body can't heal a wound unless it's got blood flow. So he would bring blood flow to the parts of a torn meniscus. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're, you're an athlete. You, you, you've heard of people with torn meniscus. Oh, and, yeah. and typically the old school way, if it, didn't, if it was in a part of the meniscus that didn't have blood flow and couldn't heal, they would just cut it out. It was like, ah. Oh crap that's terrible (laughs) Uh, so he found a way to to fix that 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 part of this business got acquired Mm -hmm. Uh, his next product called biopoly uh uh, was something that basically created a uh, a new and improved type of uh material that could be used to create meniscus for example yeah create cartilage and uh 
And that's being used all over the place now in different joints throughout, throughout the body. But it took forever to get to get going because our system here in the U.S. requires so much regulation that it was easier for him, as in most orthopedic companies, to start in Europe, uh, mm. which which he did. But uh, I admire people like that who are yeah. creating really cool things. One of my favorite entrepreneurs is Dr. Melanie Watson, who teaches at Trine University. Oh, wow. Okay. And, and she, Home, uh, homegrown. <laughs> homegrown, man. Uh, so I, I, I don't know how far along she is in her business. Uh, at, at this point, it's been a while since I've been in touch. But uh, she, uh, uh, she had a daughter that had some uh, physical problems. And as a result, was very uh, uh, susceptible to uh, uh, to illness and, and, mm-hmm. and uh, like going into a hospital environment that was germy and all that stuff was like not for her. Yeah, uh, and she had to do that a lot because she needed blood tests all the time. And so, Dr. Watson, being a, a she teaches fluid dynamics. <laughs> bio biofluid dynamics yeah i was like well i could create a better way to do that so she's created better ways to do uh blood tests uh, uh and uh she's in the process of getting that started but again the regulatory stuff is like pretty incredible and so yeah. it's going to take a while for all that to come about and i really don't know where she sits in the process anymore but uh incredible creators mm-hmm. really see a need and want to create a new thing uh in every one of those cases uh, uh and that's what i admire I, yeah. I, uh, uh, last i'm sorry i just keep going on oh no you asked me for one name and i'm gonna give you the fourth <laughs> it's all good I, it's great because I, I like i'm gonna eventually I, probably look these people up myself just to see because i just stuff they've done i just sat on the rooftop, little rooftop lounge of 3BG, who have their yeah. offices on the landing, uh, with Alex Smith, and was talking with Alex, one of the founders. Yeah. When I met him, we were it was right before we started uh, founders, and we had we were, I don't know how we managed to do this, but we we shared some office space with mm-hmm. some folks down in the. the almost like a dungeon-like little basement of the Star Bank building down on Harrison oh, wow. and, <laughs> and uh, Interesting. And Alex and his his you know, partner were, were down there, and that's when they started 3BG. Uh, yeah. And, and we had some crazy people that were down there that, that were just, I don't know, just doing stuff. It wasn't, a, it wasn't even a company. It was like just a predecessor to a co-working space. A lot of yeah. But a bunch of crazy bastards that were working on whatever. <laughs> and, and, uh, and now he has this company that employs over 50 people with a wonderful office down on the landing mm-hmm. uh, and uh, took an industry that was old school and found a way to make it digitally enabled. So he helps people buy parts like ball bearing, crap like that, for mm-hmm. machinery. But it's all digitally enabled, where in the fact in the past they had to look, look things up in paper catalogs and all this other stuff. And he's he's got it all digitally enabled now and just 
it's, it's a really awesome business. Uh, and, yeah. and, they're, and they're growing really, really well. So I, sometimes I admire growth, but mostly I admire, I admire invention. And the fact that he found a cool new way to disrupt this industry. And yeah. the same for Dave and the same for Dr. Watson and, and the same for Herb. I, man, I just admire that. That's so great. Much. So that's sorry, awesome. I'll, I'll stop. I'll stop there. <laughs> no, I know there's a whole list of people that you could bring up and, and it's just, and that's great. I think they're, you know, if they happen to listen and watch this, they'll appreciate that. Um, and it's cool that you mentioned someone from Angola and, and, you know, cause me personally, you know, there's something interesting that has been created in Angola recently that I thought was kind of an interesting, uh, an interesting inclusion to, uh, to Angola. So there's oh, tell a, me about, tell me about that. Yeah. So there's an apartment complex that got made in Angola and my mom, shout out to my mom. So my mom, my mom is also a fan of yours, by the way. My mom wanted me to let Ooh. you know that my mom has seen you comment and support people and stuff on Facebook. And my mom has been a fan of that. So that's just one thing. But um, my mom knows the mayor and has speaks to the mayor sometimes of Angola. And um, this apartment complex, apparently from the mayor, was talked about being a apartment complex that is catered towards entrepreneurs and creatives. And when I heard that, I kind of like laughed inside a little so, bit. So, so is this is this the one that's being created right around the uh, uh, Henry Park? Uh, the uh, Enterprise, yeah, the Enterprise. Yeah, co-op. no. So it's um, it's a it's near Henry Park, which is the elementary school. Um, and it's like I'm trying to think what else is in that area. Like there's there's not really a whole lot of businesses, at least businesses that come off you know come to mind so that are near. By, but it's not by the EDC Center and. All that stuff. No, I mean it's. I think it's close, close enough, close enough they, near that area. I know they had plans to do something like that. Yeah, I, I didn't think they were quite ready to launch it. Yeah. So this apartment complex, I my my brother lives in there now, has moved in, um, and shout out to my brother. But my brother's not necessarily in that space of like an entrepreneur or creative space. I would say not yet, at least. And, uh, you know, it's interesting just when, you know, talking to my mom and my brother about when they moved in, how, you know, it wasn't really a whole lot of people who were entrepreneurs and creatives. It's just people who want to find a new apartment, you know, which makes sense because there's not too many apartment complexes uh, that are of good quality sometimes in Angola. And I think Angola needs more stuff like that. So that's great. But I think to say that it's catered towards a certain type of community, I don't think is is is. I feel like that's kind of just lying to themselves a little bit because here's how I look at Angola, right? Uh, I love Angola, but Angola doesn't have, there's, there might be some creatives there, but the creatives don't have any sort of resources to knowing who, who or what other creatives there are in the city or in the town. So nobody knows each other. And I don't think there's, you know, there's not, some people might get scared of trying to market themselves to people in Angola because some people might not, you know, find it or care or whatever. And then entrepreneurs in Angola, I, I, you know, I think it's cool to market towards that, but how I looked at it is, is that the entrepreneurs that a lot of people might think of in Angola are much more older than someone who's my age or, you know, in high school or something like that. So those people already have homes and property, you know, (laughs) yeah, nothing wrong with that. people, People already have homes and property that they wouldn't move into an apartment complex. So I thought it was a little strange. Maybe, to, maybe. You know, I think it was, I thought it was a little strange to say that that's catered towards that um, because I feel like while that is great, I feel like 
they need it angle and needs an apartment complex, but they do not just cater saying it's catered for that is not good because at least in my opinion, just because there's not enough resources in that space to kind of help people out. People have to go to Fort Wayne, which is not that far, of course, but people have to go to Fort Wayne to find more of those resources to, to get to get an opportunity to get their stuff, you know, uh, marketed correctly or, or just to, you know, help build up their business and, and, in different ways and angola will, doesn't have that necessarily will you, allow me, will you allow me to try to change your mind yes please no definitely absolutely <laughs> please do so so first of all uh you you know that i i could say the very same thing about fort wayne it's like in fort wayne the entrepreneurial communities and the arts community sometimes stays kind of hidden people don't know blah 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 blah, blah. Uh, yeah. uh and so uh there's probably a larger arts community and a larger entrepreneurial community in Gola than you know, just like there's a larger arts and entrepreneurial community in Fort Wayne than I know, even though I've been mm-hmm. hanging around, I keep finding new, new parts of the community that I, I knew nothing about new people. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, secondly, it's important to, to realize that, uh, the, the way they talk about it, it's for entrepreneurs and creatives. That means that uh, they've received some government subsidies that allow them to bring in people uh, with those credentials at a little lesser expense. Mm-hmm. So that's why they're doing that. Is that they they there there was a little there was a little financial need to make that yeah. happen. Yeah, uh, I've seen it be highly successful in places like Decatur. Now think about that. Uh, are you gonna? When you think about Decatur versus Angola, Angola is bigger, man. But down in Decatur, uh, they have a community that's like an artist's wafts studio space, and they bring they do the very same thing. It was done with uh, uh, that sort of incentive in mind to bring in people and to create a space. And uh, you know, they don't have to already be there. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll move there. Yeah, you know, and uh, yeah. so I, I I see that that's it's been more successful to you to do something like that outside of Fort Wayne. I don't see much of that in Fort Wayne proper, but mm-hmm. I've I've seen it be highly successful in Decatur, and I hope it's highly successful in Angola. Yeah, no, I I think so. I hope it's could successful I change, too. Could and, I change your mind? Uh, a little bit, maybe just in the perspective <laughs> of. <laughs> I just think specifically like, yeah, there might be a bigger uh, entrepreneurial and arts community than I know for sure. But, you know, I guess how I look at it and just how I kind of, you know, because how I usually study things, I guess, (laughs) is I I look at I look at some of these. I look at some of the different inspirations that I have, what, what inspires me, whether it's certain films or certain individuals or certain companies. And, you know, one thing that I like to do a lot and I don't do it consistently all the time, but I always have like I always like to market myself in a very specific way, you know? Um, and I feel like marketing is something that I feel like a lot of creative specifically entrepreneurs kind of take them out of the conversation, but marketing well, entrepreneurs be still in that same spot, but I think creatives in particular, and I think this happens a lot in Fort Wayne as well, um, is that the creatives don't know each other because it's not necessarily because they don't market 
as often, but I feel like a lot of people aren't putting as much profit into their marketing and promoting themselves out there um, to get it, to get more opportunities for people to get a chance to see their work and see what they're creating and see what they're doing in the city and in other places. And I feel like that kind of hinders, well, it doesn't hinder, but it, it doesn't, it doesn't help the growth a little bit if people aren't getting an opportunity to, to kind of figure out who this person is and collaborate with each other. I mean, Angola is such a small place that growing up, Literally growing up in Angola, I never, never seen a whole lot of other creatives ever in Angola. And even to this day, there's a few people that I see sprouting up and everything, but you know, there's not much. I, I almost consider I almost consider myself one of the I would definitely consider myself one of the only more, I guess, successful creatives maybe in Angola that's kind of, you know, getting a little bit more notoriety recently. But I don't know, it's so, kind of interesting. So I have two comments. The first is yeah. yes. Yes, you're 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 really good at marketing what you do. Anybody mm-hmm. who knows like the least little bit about you is going to know what the word cinematic excellence. Yeah, uh, exactly. That's, that's no. I mean, <laughs> it's like poof right there. Right. Mm-hmm. The the nonprofit that I work with, uh, we work with uh, youth in uh, leadership, and we help them understand their strengths, how to be leaders, and how to roll that all together into a personal brand. Your mm-hmm. personal brand is two words, and people understand yeah. that. Uh, uh, and so, kudos for that. Uh, I'll also say that I've, I've had conversations with Dan Swartz, who spent time in the arts community in New York City mm-hmm. uh, before returning to Fort Wayne to start Brunner Commerce and so forth. Uh, uh, you have to understand, which I think you do, because you're mm-hmm. there, that. Uh, you can't thrive, you can hardly even probably live marketing your art in Angola or Fort Wayne. You need to market your stuff large to, mm-hmm. to, to larger art communities, to people that buy art in Miami, to people that buy art in LA. It, mm-hmm. it just, you, uh, just because you live here and create here doesn't mean that's where your customers are. Right, so yeah. I, I, I think uh, one, of the, one of the things that I think that it's important to, uh, to what you're talking about, and that is that I don't see as many in Fort Wayne or I don't see as many in, uh, in Angola is the fact that sometimes the ones that are highly successful have figured out that my customers are in Miami or Atlanta or New York and they moved them to be yeah. around them. Uh, yeah, it's more difficult to sell to people in New York City if you're living in Angola or Fort Wayne. Absolutely. And it's interesting that you bring that up, too, because it, it kind of leads me back to uh, or leads me to something I remember Aaron sharing on uh, Facebook of the uh, that question that sparks up talking about. Um, do you believe that if you I forget how it was worded, but do you believe that you can't be successful in Indiana or do you believe that Indiana is, is stopping your success? So I see I remember seeing something that he had shared like that. And I remember I spoke to uh, another person on the podcast. Shout out Trinity Treft, who's an amazing photographer. I spoke to her about that as well. And I, and I, I want to get your kind of question on that because or your answer on that, because I obviously don't believe I believe that no matter where you are, you can find success. You know, like the fact that I. I'm having some pretty good success here in the Bay Area. I feel like I can definitely have success in Angola. And I had success when I was there, even though it was so much more minute and a little bit smaller size than a lot of the stuff I'm doing now. 
I still had a lot of success in Angola, Fort Wayne, and all that kind of stuff, and will continue to kind of bring to bring different things there. But um, I mean, do you do you think that like I think that personally, like if I tried to look at like a perspective of me staying in Angola now, like if I didn't move to California, I, I always think about that. Like, what would life be like if I didn't move at the end of 2019? It's hard to it's hard to imagine what could what could be. Like I, I would imagine I would still be doing a lot of things for SW Films and working with a lot of different local businesses and stuff like that in Fort Wayne or Angola. But um, it, it is sometimes hard to think at this particular level that I've been at, would I be there? You know, um, would I have that opportunity to work on these different projects? Maybe yes. I mean, luckily, you know, my cousin, shout out Hilton Day, is, is a person who's been here in the industry, who's a first assistant director here out in the Bay Area, very, very successful AD out here. And, uh, you know, it's like, of course, I have him as a resource to where I could, you know, be working and stuff in, in California. But I couldn't imagine not moving to California <laughs> and being as successful. You know, it's, it's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to picture that, to be honest. You well, know? I, think, so I, I think the answer is that uh, you could be successful anywhere, but it might be different. Yeah. That's a, yeah, that's a great answer. Yeah. And I, and I think the, the wisdom that you had to say, I'm going to go where it is. I'm going to go. I'm going to go to the epicenter, man. Yeah. I'm just going to go out there and live and I'm going to learn. Uh, you're the second person that I've heard say that. Uh, ben Richards was the other. It's like when I graduate from IU, uh, I know you don't want to hear it here in Indiana, but I'm going to go to the West Coast. Mm -hmm. and I hope to be back. But I'm going to the West Coast because that's yeah. where it's at, man. So, right, uh, yeah. You have, uh, uh, could you could you be successful having never left Angola or Fort Wayne? Absolutely. Would mm -hmm. it look different than what it is? Would you be work? Would, would you have met Kino? Probably not. Yeah. No. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> but it could could it be some other form of success? Yeah. Uh, again. Sweetwater Sound. Mm -hmm. Chuck knows every major musician in the freaking country, if not the world, because he's crazy. Sold him stuff, right? Yeah. So is it impossible to be successful out of Fort Wayne? Heck no. Are you kidding me? <laughs> right. And just, there's just, so much talent too. I mean, just even, uh, even outside of like the creative and entrepreneur space. Well, even still in it, like Jalen Smith who has started some businesses in Fort Wayne now. I Cryo, he's a big part of that. Yep. He has the sunglasses brand with Jamal Robinson. Yep. Like, you know, there's, yeah, there's, there's a lot of opportunities for sure. And I think Fort Wayne, you know, obviously being a bigger city has, is, is definitely more susceptible to that being more marketed out there. And I think Angola specifically, like I want to be one of the people to, to bring more of that, those opportunities and that idea, idea of that level of success to that small town, you know, um, that's something that has always been on my mind and something that I want to do. Uh, cause I feel like, I feel like it's just needed. There was, there was never, as I was growing up, there was never, I'd never seen any of that. A lot of that I, stuff, I just kind of had to just get it, get out there and just fucking do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I, I can't, I cannot express enough of how I admire the way you approach that. I mean, that's yeah. just fucking awesome. Uh, yeah, to think you. about your community from that from that vantage point. There are, you know, Fort Wayne and Angola, 
And how many, if I had a dollar for every time I've heard somebody say, I can't wait to get the hell out of here. Uh, <laughs> you know, you've heard, you know, right? Yeah. Plenty of time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so it's totally refreshing uh, and just totally admirable to hear you go, you know, I may leave to cut my, cut my chops on, on everything out in the Bay Area and L.A. and the West Coast. But I love my I love I love where I grew up. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to be back and I'm going to help it. Exactly. In things. Uh, exactly. Like, you know, I, I would even say with, going atti- out- with people like you doing with attitudes like that, then every area is going to grow. Absolutely. Yeah. And right. that's and that's what it is. And I think it's interesting. Just my experiences from to the Bay to to uh, Indiana because you know I've met people who have grown up in like these really big cities like San San Jose or San Francisco Oakland like these these places that are just have you know so huge population and it's kind of interesting certain like certain a- attitudes certain uh, towards different type of things and like you know and wanting to create stuff because I feel like be- being from a small town really has helped like the fire kind of grow within myself, you know, to want to go out and do certain things. I feel like some people, not all people, but some people who grew up in these, in these bigger cities, they have seen more things and, you know, had more opportunities or whatever to where they're not all, they're maybe not always enthused to, to make a move towards something that they want to do. Um, you know, just because they think maybe they could already do it or they think it's, it's easy. They can get to it whenever I feel like in a small town, I had no other choice. At least that's how I grew up. This is how I felt about it. But I feel like specifically, even an even bigger step was mainly going to uh, honestly, when I came back from college and came back to Indiana, I feel like that was more of a bigger step almost than me moving to California because California was one of those things that was kind of in the, it was in the, it was, it was, it was right ahead. It was, it was, it was something that I knew was coming. It was going to happen. It was going to happen, but moving back home, you know, I didn't really expect that to happen. And I remember when I moved back home, I actually wasn't all that excited because at the time, you know, none of my friends were really doing much. You know, obviously, Dylan at the time was just starting uh, Quick Eats before he had started Cart. He was doing a whole bunch of different stuff. Um, but a lot of, yeah, a lot of, a lot of my friends, a lot of people I was close with at the time, you know, wasn't really doing too much uh, work, you know, or wasn't it, it just I, like it wasn't anything that I was moved with because I was so, you know, um, I was so enthused about doing everything with film and trying to get things started, you know, in that industry. That, you know, I just I was like, ah, Angola is not going to have what I want. But luckily, I made a lot of opportunities happen, which was amazing. And I feel like that was a bigger risk. And kind of back on that, you know, just of how I approach it, I felt like I had to I had to take a lot of uh, take a lot of uh, we'll call it eggs on the face a few times just to just to get to that spot. Because there was a while where I think a lot of people think I hated Angola because I, I, I remember I remember I made a a post about Angola one time on Facebook. This is back in 2014. Uh oh. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> it was funny. Well, it was a post. I was asking people. I said, I had. I think I said something about the the school, Angola High School. I said something about, you know, what do you guys think is going on? Do you think that there's what do you think Angola is going down the shithole, whatever? I said a whole bunch of stuff like that, and I remember <laughs> so many. I I always reshare the post whenever it comes. It's, oh. it's always it was like in October sometime. <laughs> I should reshare it because it was one of those things that it, it started up such a huge controversy. Everybody was like having these conversations. People were talking about how they hate Angola. People were talking about how they love Angola. And a lot of people who loved Angola were these people I kind of like, you know, I'll call them the more preppier folks or the people I may have like played sports with or like whatever. And yeah. they kind of, they all commented on it. And some people put me in the crosshairs 
and I got <laughs> I got a, I got attacked for it. And like that, relationships I had with certain people completely died off during that time. Wow. And uh, yeah, it was it was a big thing. And I remember, I just remember like it was just so funny, you know, because I just talked about specifically my thoughts about Angola and just about and the thing is is my family has a really huge history in angola my family was the first black family to live in the town of angola which wow. is a huge huge deal you know like a lot of people a lot of black folks you know when they moved out in that area were you know kind of told to go live at fox lake or that's where they would go just because fox lake had a bigger uh, black community at the time but no one lived in the town of angola until my family kind of stumbled in there and, you know, my family just has a huge history. A lot of people know my mom, my, my uncle John, my aunts and all, you know, all that kind of stuff. So sure. the thing is, is Angola is such a it has such a deep rooted history for me where I feel like I, I have I have no other choice but to make an impact in a way that uh, would really benefit the creative and entrepreneurial space um, out there. I just think is I think it needs to happen. I think it's something that I've been striving for. And uh, yeah, we're still on the we're still on the road there. You know, it's 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 a long ways to go, but you know, I think we're on a good path so far. You yeah, you can. Some sometimes you can say things that will offend people, even though what you're saying is something that shows that you really fucking care. Yeah, yeah, and I think, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, and, and and I think you can. You know, I I can sense that what you're doing is you've come out of this. Uh, not with this feeling of, well, screw it, but mm-hmm. with this feeling of I'm more enthused than ever about exactly staying in touch. So. Exactly. Yes. And I'm just, and I'm thankful and grateful for the family history. Cause I think without that, would I feel the same necessarily? I don't know. That's, that's kind of hard to, to think about. Uh, probably not. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. There's, you know, I think it's just, it just comes with my experience, how I grew up, how I've, how cool. I observed everything. When did your family come to Angola? Um, I want to say it was like in the, I want to say it was like in the fifties, maybe in the forties, maybe like late forties because my, well, not late forties. I don't want to say that my uncle John, he's almost, he's about to be 70 next year. So he was like a baby when, uh, (laughs) <laughs> when he when they first got in Angola and how they got into Angola too that'd be, was, the, that'd be the 50s then for sure yeah <laughs> because I'm yeah. I, I I am 70 I yeah. just turned 70 <laughs> of course of happy belated birthday and I, by and the I way. was and I was born in 51 so, so. yeah it wouldn't, so it was, it wouldn't have been the 40s <laughs> <laughs> I forget how old exactly he was but I know he was a baby and my aunt Peggy was still alive and she was like uh what was it? she was probably like five or six or something at the time but I, I know that they came there when they what happened was is my my, uh, my uncle John was born in like Philadelphia and then they were traveling. I forget where they were. Tra- I think they maybe either were traveling back to Philadelphia. They were traveling somewhere else. And basically their car like broke down in Angola, you know, <laughs> and uh, it's crazy because, you know, obviously back then it was more of like they they did not get meted with any sort of uh, happiness or, or welcoming situation. You know, there was a lot of people out there. Uh, who just were kind of patronizing them, obviously, because, you know, black town, black folks, you know, and, and a majority of like white people in the town, it was kind of like, okay, you should probably be in Fox Lake, go to Fox Lake. Oh, and basically, majority. yeah, you know, <laughs> and basically is uh, they, his, when the car broke down, you know, he, he was trying to find some help. No one in the town would help him. So he had to end up walking 
which he I think they broke down in the, you know, in the mound area of Angola, which is like basically the center of, of Angola. And they broke down and had to he had to walk to go to Fox Lake to have to try to find somebody of his own oh who looks like him to help him out. And while that happened, you know, my my uh, grand my grandmother and my aunt and uncle were in the car still had the doors locked. But a bunch of people were out there shaking and pushing the car. It was like a whole a pariah of just like wanting them to get the hell out. But, you know, after that. So the crazy part is then your family was like, you know, this looks like a cool place to live. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I think I think what my grandfather, what he wanted to do is he was like he was very he, his I think his stubbornness and and his and his just uh, he wasn't he wasn't he wasn't fearful about any of that. Like he was just like, you know what? Nah, I'm not going to I'm not going to you're not going to tell me that I can't be in this area. Like I'm going to stay here and grow. And what he there did is he built up so much respect. He created his own construction and excavation company, which my uncle, who was a child at the time, now owns. Sounds like your personality too, by the way. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, once as I as I grow, grow <laughs> older and hear about my grandfather, I'm like, yeah, you know, I, I I'm starting to see that you know I'm kind of in that same position. I feel like you know other cousins that I have are in that kind of same position of just being in that spot. So I think just you know because of that history, um, I think Angola definitely does have a special place. Like I, I, I'm definitely aware. That's pretty of- cool. I'm aware of all the negatives and I guess some of the critical, you know, stuff that I might be, you know, critical on about Angola, but at the same time, it's like, you know, I'm trying to, I want to try to do my best to try to, to fix those things that might be deemed negative. You know, I think one thing about Angola that is starting to be a little bit more crazy to kind of see it happen a little bit more often now, but like, I'm starting to see a lot more like color in Angola. Like I'm, I've seen more black people in Angola. I've seen, just more different cultures starting to move in there, which is kind of interesting to me, uh, you know, because Angola is such a small town. You know, I don't really know. The, the, initially, I wouldn't really know what the appeal would be unless you're into like maybe the lake life. That's obviously a big thing out in, in the Steuben County area. But yeah. like, you know, maybe trying. Trying brings in tons of people. So trying, you know, trying is actually probably the biggest proponent of that. Um, so I'm just thinking about where can I be to help people out in that space? And I feel like it starts one with, you know, doing the infrastructure within the place, not necessarily me being there, but me, me allowing and trying to bring back a little bit more knowledge, you know? So one of the things I want to do is, you know, create like a networking event in Angola specifically. Uh, Cause like I said, I want to meet these entrepreneurs and creatives, no matter what age, no matter what creed and color, whatever I want to, I want to meet folks and just get them to work with each other and me possibly work with them as well. You know um, that's, that's one of my bigger goals for the next year actually um, cool. is to do that. So that's something I plan on doing. I th- actually, that's something I want to do the very next time I come back to Indiana is probably do that. But I just need to kind of get all my ducks in order and the money around, <laughs> you there know, you to go. find everything I cool. need. Because I want I want to offer something to these folks instead of just getting them to meet people. I want to offer like something that, you know, real valuable knowledge. So that'd be something where I might be like, yo, Steve, I need you to come up to Angola I to will, come talk definitely. to these folks, <laughs> you know, because it so, helps. So I, so I, 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 I let the conversation go on long enough until I finally thought of what I posted on Aaron's question. Yeah. Uh, and I finally have, <laughs> I couldn't remember it first. But now I yeah. <laughs> so my, my response to, you know, can you be successful here or do you have to be, have to go somewhere else was, uh, just remember wherever you go, there you are. Yeah. I remember seeing that. 
Yeah, that's and that's and I and I really like that 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 comment too because I'm like, it it's makes a, a lot of sense. Not original. <laughs> it's not an original comment with me, and I don't remember who said it, but, but it makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense, and that's that's true. That is very true. I mean, and you think about it, like there's there's in a lot of these major places, at least you know, there's there's successful people. I think in those spots, and even in these smaller places. There's people who are doing some amazing things behind the behind closed doors to get things, you know, sure. bubbling up. So it's just it just takes it just takes that one individual. It just takes that one person with a really cool idea or a really cool thing that they want to create or whatever. And to, you know, to spark it up. So, I mean, absolutely. I think it doesn't matter. Indiana, there's a lot of successful and oppor- there's a lot of successful opportunities in, it, in Indiana. Um, you know, it's just being innovative to because, you know, you never know. It could start. It could take that one movie in Indiana to really spark people to really want to check out certain things in the state. Which, funny enough, there's this movie called Columbus. I don't know if you've heard about it, but it was shot in Columbus, Indiana. Um, and there's like a whole bunch of history about Columbus, Indiana that I never knew about. Um, but I had met a few people who had worked on that movie, and uh, they're like, "Yeah, it, you know, Columbus is known for a big architectural kind of history." Exactly. And stuff like that. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. And, you know, the fact that, that movie had went to, I think, like Sundance or one of the bigger film festivals, um, that that's a that's a nice look into just into that. You know what I mean? So I feel like more movies, you know, at least in the film industry talks is like stuff like that can can introduce a lot of people to stuff, which is something I want to do. I want to I, you know, you remember my my uh, feature that I'm still planning uh, in Dents of a Snowflake. Um, it's copyrighted. People don't try to take it. But uh, <laughs> but basically, you know, I want to shoot that in my hometown. I want to shoot that in Angola. So um, it, it just takes it just takes that one thing to, you know, to introduce to people to kind of see that, you know, no, it doesn't matter where you go, wherever you are, you can be successful. You just got to be innovative and, and, and collaborate with you know people and uh, have a good attitude about stuff. Yep. And um, that'll actually draw other people like that. Yeah. To come, to come be a part. As well. Exactly. Uh, to move on with the, with the questions here, um, uh, quickly, I want to get like your opinion. I want to get your actually your perspective of what do you think about the creative scene in Fort Wayne? Like what is what is your I guess, because, you know, the entrepreneurial scene and creative scene, I, I split those up. Sometimes there's a, a mix of both and there really is. There should be a mix of both. People yep. should understand that if you want to be a creative and you want to make money with your art and stuff that you do, that you have to have a business side of it. Uh, but what is your opinion on, I guess, how Fort Wayne's creative scene stands right now? The uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the biggest changes in in our uh, creative economy right now are twofold. One, uh, <clears throat> certain like gallery for the for the visual arts, certain gallery. Uh, sites, venues, if you will, uh, and uh, places like the Cinema Center, uh, yep. I think I have really suffered uh, from the pandemic and they need mm-hmm. to kind of work their way back. Right. <clears throat> so uh, Cinema Center has a new executive director. She's like awesome, cool. Chanel, I think that's the Chanel, one. Right? Yeah, it's a great shout out to she, Chanel. Yeah, she's, she's yeah, she's just a wonderful person. Oh yeah, uh, uh, and uh, and if she can't make shit happen. Nobody can. Uh, yeah. So, but um, but it needs to come back. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the gallery spaces around town stopped and closed. Uh, Trisha Cavender moved to Texas. Uh, and uh, so her gallery got, got shut down. Uh, mm-hmm. A new one popped up. A couple new ones, I should say, have popped up. There's a, a, a like a gallery space called Bread and Circus inside mm-hmm. Wunderkammer. Mm. Uh, started by uh, Ashley Beatty Copang and her partner, whose name I can't remember. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> and uh, then another one that started up like right down the block. So if you remember that block, it's Wunderkammer and then Bravas. What used yeah, to be Bravas, Bravas yeah. and that's now changed into like a place that sells great chicken. Uh, yeah. and, and then on the other side of it is a thing called Studio Seven. I think uh, I've seen then, that. And then yeah. after that is the new Bravas place, which will be coming online. They, they move to the other corner. Uh, mm. But uh, so Studio Seven is new, and they they uh, I just saw them for the first time not too recently or not not, not too long ago, and uh, so they swap out a bunch of artists uh, like all the time and. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew none of the artists that they were exhibiting. And I've been hanging around this scene for a long time. So that's why yeah. the community, it keeps growing. Yeah. So, uh, 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 ArtLink is different. There's a new director of ArtLink uh, and, they, uh, uh, and they still show uh, uh, a lot of things. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. I can't talk as much about the the, the film community because as you know it ain't big in the first place <laughs> you, you left you left so the community is now gone <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's, that's funny <laughs> uh, no there are there are some people around that do that do some cinematic work one of the one of the mm. people that we just gave our one of our young entrepreneur awards to from believe in the dream uh is uh Morgan Gillette, uh, mm. and she's uh, 15 or 16. Mm-hmm. Uh, she works as an actor. She works uh, as a director. She works as a producer. Uh, she's got some, uh, just this marvelous set of uh, award-winning cinematic work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can show you a link to her yeah. place. To look up M- MG Entertainment. MG Entertainment. Yeah. And, uh, All right. Uh, so she was doing a lot of this stuff in Houston and then her family moved here until uh, so she now works out of here. I mean, like she spent her summer as a you know, high school student uh, producing something like two or three music videos. Wow. Go figure. Right. Yeah. yeah. So there's, there's, so it all goes back to what I think I said originally about that community. And that is like, it's, there's more there than you think. It's always hidden. They don't always go off and promote themselves. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and so I think in the arts community, that's that's very true. There are yeah. people in our arts community that are starting to receive acclaim outside, uh, such as uh, Theo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there are other people that do work just as good as Theo that are still hanging out here locally and not yeah not getting as much accolades maybe yeah yeah. 
And you have to talk. You should. You should talk to Theo. Yeah, so, I've. I uh, bring that boy on the podcast. To talk I to definitely him. need to. Oh, yeah, I've, how life has changed. Yeah, I the last the first time I met him was doing a documentary actually, and uh, at the time, yeah, I didn't realize like you know just of just how big his stuff is, and I'm like, oh yeah, this guy is is definitely huge. And there's another person named Mark Brast. Uh, who I've never met personally, but I know he does he's, a lot of stuff with a lot of artists, like rap artists and stuff. He's great. Yeah. I've, I've been, yeah. Really, really great that's, guy. That's what I like about, you know, so I I got to know Theo fairly well. I got to know Mark a little. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's why it's so, so much fun to be part of a community because you get to know oh, yeah. these guys and then pretty soon they're going to be big celebrities and they probably won't. Mark's latest pop up was in Atlanta. As yeah, seen that. You know, it was not in Fort Wayne. And yeah. where I remember seeing him was at pop ups at Boonercomer and things yeah. like that. Dan, Matter of fact, yeah, the, the Dan introduced me to, to Mark. Dan was like, "You should meet this guy. He's yeah. got it going on." Yeah. Oh yeah. It's 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 just really like there's there's a lot of great talent out there. I just think that there's I think what the issue is, is some people one there specifically more of the music scene. You know, I don't, I don't know what your opinions are about the music scene. There, there's definitely a there's a there's a really successful music scene. If you look outside of maybe like hip hop, <laughs> I would say uh, or rock even, too. But like I think that um, a lot of people, at least just a lot of folks that I have a, as friends on Facebook who I know from Fort Wayne who are rappers or R&B singers or whatever, I feel like there's there's not there's not uh people don't take it as serious you know and, and i feel like people kind of initially come out the gate thinking that they have they have doubts about themselves what i had to learn about everything that i've been doing is i had to stop i mean there's going to be doubts it's just a natural human instinct sometimes when you get nervous about certain stuff or you you know you kind of repetition you know you do a lot of repetition and don't really see a different result you start to doubt certain things that you're doing but for myself I kind of just like that's what this podcast is all about is speaking about the excellence of stuff. I don't I don't ever like to think or talk about negatively about what it is that I'm doing or things that I've created. I'm going to have my 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 critique, of course, about certain things that I do. I'm going to be the most critical person about myself all the time. But can't grow never, otherwise. Exactly. You know, but I, I always, you know, look at my stuff with some sort of positivity in mind, even the projects that I've done way in the past that I hate. <laughs> you know, I look at it and say, what well, I really like this shot. I really liked how I did this particular edit. I loved how I lit this scene. I loved how this person acted in this scene. I love my direction here. Like I try to look at every single bit of my stuff with some sort of positivity and, and speak about it as well. And I feel like um, a lot of people that I know creatively back in Fort Wayne don't necessarily do that or they don't take it seriously. A lot of people, you know, are kind of just you know, some people just don't look at it as they can be much bigger than what they would, you know, what they are, what they are now. Um, that's just a mental thing, of course, that I feel like a lot of people struggle with. But of course, the marketing aspect and I, and I would just briefly, you know, if you could briefly answer, like, what, what do you think could help creatives to, to market themselves a little bit better? Like, what do you think they could do besides, you know, of course, you know, social media, different types of things on social media. But what things do you think that they could do um, to help them just get a little bit more you know, uh, a little bit more awareness or a little bit more visibility to people out there in uh, Fort Wayne. And I wish I had a silver bullet for that. You know, yeah. uh, I, I, 
I literally spent about a year, not totally devoted to, but walking around trying to figure out what I could do to help artists be become more successful. And so I, yeah. I talked to all sorts of people about what are the problems, et cetera, et cetera. And I think a lot of it boils down to trying to sell outside this market. I think if, if you're uh, uh, working only in Fort Wayne and to Fort Wayne audiences, then your product can be fucking good. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many people do you know that have played the brass rail that are awesome bands? Oh my God. A bunch. Yeah. That are, you know, not, that didn't come in from Chicago or, or, or Cleveland or wherever, but, mm -hmm. but, uh, uh, they're, they're great. Uh, uh, there are, there are a lot of people here locally, but as you said, you don't necessarily see them going off and, promoting themselves yeah uh, and part of promoting yourself is to see yourself appealing to a wider audience uh, right and to see yourself as a uh, a band that plays throughout the midwest or the u.s mm -hmm. uh, or see yourself as an artist that sells everywhere uh, right <clears throat> Do you know the artist uh, goes by the name Toscago on Instagram? Toscago sounds yeah. that sounds kind of familiar. T O S K A Go Toscago. Yeah, I think I've I think I've heard it. I think I actually have seen that. His, scene, name, uh, his, his name is Martin, and I'll butcher his last name, so I might not even try it. It's like <laughs> move. I, I don't know. He's. Uh, I won't. I think, even I've, I, think I've, I think I've seen that name but, before. Uh, uh, but he's he, he came to Fort Wayne out of Africa uh, and uh, is like, oh my God, incredible in yeah. terms of his art. He's not studying at an art school out on the East Coast. Mm. Uh, uh, and, but uh, look at his Insta and you'll just yeah. be, you'll be, you'll be blown away. You'll be blown away. So here's a guy that if he were only trying to sell to a Fort Wayne audience, kind of like Theo, if Theo was only trying to sell to a Fort Wayne audience, you're not going to get that terribly far. Uh, but if you envision yourself bigger, uh, I'm, yeah. I'm, as, as, I'm, as I'm creating some of the work that I want to do in 2022 with young entrepreneurs who believe in a dream, the very first session that, we, that we're going to have in the kind of the accelerator part of it is going to be about starting with, let's talk about what your vision is. I want, yeah. I want to know what your vision is. Uh, I, I, want to, uh, I want to be able to influence that if I can, quite frankly, Stefan. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I remember one of the people I worked with back in the day who uh, was talking about doing a venture that was uh, basically maybe going to be selling some little things here locally. Mm -hmm. but but you know i just i stopped and just said you do realize by the way don't you that uh the product that you make the bigger markets are uh are, are everywhere else fort wayne isn't your market your biggest markets are going to be it's a huge market 
and it's not just Fort Wayne. And she was sort of like, yeah, I kind of thought that, but I didn't really want to say it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as, as you say, I don't know what that mentality is that keeps people from doing that, but that's why I enjoy being a coach is that I can kind of jump in there and go, Oh, by the way, you know, why do you want to open a store in Fort Wayne? Mm-hmm. In her case, yeah. she was selling swimwear. It was like, you need to be in Miami. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you need to be on all the warm places and on the coast. Yeah. So your, your, your job is to go find uh, distribution and boutiques and all the cool resort places. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. Uh, a lot yeah. of people don't research that. A lot of people don't like educate yeah. themselves on I, what is in their area that they're at and where they're trying to put their you know business at. That is true. There's a cultural difference between the conservative Midwest and the entrepreneurial Bay Area. In the Bay mm-hmm. Area, you start thinking big. In the Midwest, you have to be taught that you need to go there. Yeah. Wow. I think. I believe. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely true. And I feel like that, like I said, that goes back to the whole idea of growing up in a small town compared to growing up in a in a major city. Exactly. Um, yeah. That's that's definitely big. And I and I think that just affects the attitude. I think growing, like I said, growing up and realizing that you had to be taught to go to these places, it kind of it gives you I, I think that also there's there's positive as negative. So I think you know, a lot of the people who I've mentored uh who wanted to be actors, models, photographers, and stuff like that um they had and, and you know i think it's always looked at in these entertainment industries like oh being a actor you you're gonna get millions and millions of dollars or being a rapper you can get millions and millions being a filmmaker whatever a lot of people look at that and they look at the gold first and <laughs> and uh that that's what ends up making people like you know kind of realize that oh maybe this isn't meant for them like you know and i used to be like that i used to think about the gold of course but at the same time i just felt i've always been it like passionate about film and i really fell in love with it to where it was like i you know i yeah I make i make pretty good money now but at the same time i'm nowhere where i want to be at and making money and i feel like i can get there absolutely but i'm not i'm not looking at it as that's what i'm trying to chase i'm more trying to chase the just just having films out there that can impact people you know and that can you know put people in position or or change people's perspectives i think that's what it is i feel like you just have to really People have to really dive into that that uh, that selfish mindset a little bit about how much money they could possibly make of this. And uh, you know, I've had a lot of conversations. You know, even conversations. I'm gonna shout out my my guy Dylan Belcher, who who's eventually gonna be on the podcast. We had a conversation about that same thing too. You know, just about you know, um, kind of realizing like, hey, you got to get your mind away from this. You know, I just want to make all the money and and just that's it type of deal to where you don't really care about the people you're working with or the people that you're creating for or the market that you're in, you know, so it's, it's important for people to kind of, to, they have to really, you have to, I, how I say it is, is you have to be, you have to really go through a mental journey uh, consistently throughout the lifetime, but specifically before you decide to say, I want to do this and do that in the creative or entrepreneurial space, because well, think, yeah, think, think about some of the uh, conversation we had earlier. If all you're concerned about is hawking money, yeah, uh, then are you creating the culture for your customers or your employees that enables you to stay around? Or are you going to be one of those companies that's like, why the hell are people not coming to work for me? Why the hell are people not buying my product? Yeah, it's like exactly. you got you got you got to be doing it 
this this is going to sound way corny, but I'm just going to say it anyway. <laughs> uh, if you're going to be an entrepreneur, you also better view it as an art form. Yeah, you ought, no, it's you true. Ought to, you it's ought true. to be able to be creating something because you love it uh, and you love the art and the feel that it makes. Absolutely. Uh, so I, I, I put mean, it in the same category. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. 1000%. And, and people need to look at it like that too. It is, there's an art to entrepreneur, you know, entrepreneurship, like it's, it's, it's not easy, you know, definitely. I can imagine companies like, you know, like the, a lot of the different companies back in Fort Wayne. And I think to myself, like, can I imagine doing what they're doing? No, because that is such a, it sounds so difficult. It sounds so intricate. Like those people have, have really like formulated an art to their business and their yes. process. And that's what makes it so special. Metal you know, spinning, huh? Yeah, exactly. Metal <laughs> spinning and all that, you know, just all these different companies. It's, it's, it's huge. Um, one of my last few questions here for you. Um, do you feel obligated to, to help out the city? Do you feel like, do you feel like that you kind of have a responsibility set to help people out and give back? Oh man, I can make, I can make it sound real pompous and shit and say, yes, of course I feel a responsibility, but I'm going to answer it honestly and say, Stefan, this is fun. Yeah. I do what I do because it's fun and fulfilling. And, and I think it's important to have a mission, you know, to enabling the next generation to build a better tomorrow. Uh, that's, that's a vision that I think is totally important. So I think there's a level of importance to it, but mm -hmm. do I feel like a, like a, like a pull from responsibility? I, th I think I, I, I find a pull from the fact that, uh, yeah, I kind of think it's important, but it's also a hell of a lot of fun for me to go and do this. Yeah. So, uh, uh, and, and, you know, a lot of times people say I would do this for free. Well, I think I have in, in, in a lot of cases, uh, mm -hmm. at least for cheap. I'm, I'm, I'm not a rich guy. I could have mm -hmm. been doing, working on things that have made me a lot more money than I have. But, so I'm, I'm highly motivated by what I do. And I'm highly yeah. motivated by making a difference in the world. Uh, and this is how I want to make a difference in the world. I'm not, I'm not motivated by, you know, buying rings or gold chains or shit like <laughs> that. Right? You're not going to yeah. see me doing that. Uh, We're not going to see Steve Franks in a G-Wagon Mercedes Benz anytime soon. No, you're not. <laughs> maybe, maybe if somebody's giving me a ride. But <laughs> <laughs> But uh, so uh, responsibility, feeling a sense of re responsibility to it isn't why I do it. It's because I'm motivated by it. Uh, mm -hmm. and, and it may sound like the same thing, but, but I think there's a subtle difference uh, in the fact that it, it energizes me. I'm motivated by it. I want to see my community. If you want to view my community as Northeast Indiana, I want to mm -hmm. see it grow. And I want to see it grow from the bottom up. And I, uh, it's it's crazy. I, uh, I sorry, I'm gonna yeah show you a book. This guy named Eric Bleacher. I went I went to grad school at the University of Chicago. In the building that I went to school in, it's called the Bleacher Center because that yo ho over there gave them. 15 million dollars to create a building 
was like, holy oh, wow. crap. So he was, he's this big time rich guy. And he talked, uh, I, I just listened to him talk. Mm -hmm. uh, and he talked about the three words that are on the front of this risk, reward, and, and repeat. And when you think about that, it's like, how did you succeed? It's like, I took a risk and and then you think, oh, okay, and he got a reward for it. And it's like, no, 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 that's not what it is. It was like, I took a risk, and then I rewarded all the people who helped me make oh. it happen through the risk. And you think about repeat, it was like, oh, then you did it again, right? And it's like, no. All of those people, they're going to repeat it, and they're going to go off and do it. And yeah. uh, it made so much sense to me. It's like, holy crap. So yeah. I, I, you know, I, in hindsight now, I can look at all these people that I've worked with and uh, they're out there trying to make their lives better and they're out there trying to repeat it. And some are doing it almost exactly the way I did. Aaron Robles yeah. is, is doing, you know, youth and, and other entrepreneurial coaching. And yeah. we, we look a lot alike in that respect. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, so I, I think it's I think it's important to say that the uh, and to have a sense of mission and have a sense of vision and and, and see something that you want to do. But uh, no, I don't I don't feel yeah. a sense of responsibility to it. That's great. What is the most important advice that you have been given in your lifetime? What is the most important advice that has stuck with you for seventy years? Holy crap. That's a that's a really good question. I wish you would have given me a few days to think about that. <laughs> uh, I look at uh, I look at it in terms of mindset. Yeah, uh, and I think that uh, uh, it's going to sound. Uh, not corny, but it's going to sound contrived for me to say that the, I, I, I didn't learn a bunch of lessons like when I was 20. Yeah. I was too, too engaged in like being a stoner when I was 20. Uh, <laughs> and, and, uh, uh, and I didn't do it when I was like 30 or 40 uh, necessarily. Uh, and I didn't necessarily learn a bunch of lessons in business school. Uh, what I've, what I've, what I've basically learned is that as I just learned a little bit here and a little bit there, the, the best advice that I've kind of been given is to uh, just go off and be an independent thinker, mm. uh, and that you. Uh, that I, I cannot count and should not count necessarily on being uh, just a little rote follower or another little army ant. Um, yeah. And, and if you ask me who said that, where did I learn that? I don't know that I could describe, you know, ascribe it to anybody or anything in particular. Yeah. But throughout everything I've done, I've kind of come to the uh, uh, come to the conclusion that you have to think for yourself. You have to act for yourself. Uh, uh, 
Ain't nobody going to do it for you. Ain't nobody going to just hand it to you. Uh, yeah. You, you get to do it. You get to do it yourself. And it's fun to do it that way. But Absolutely. That's great. I wish I wish I had a I wish I had a better answer. I wish I could sit and go, well, there were on one day I sat on my father's <laughs> knee and he told me I don't I don't, I don't have that answer. Uh, I just I think that answer is great. It is very it's very great. I think that's I think that's important because people are going to hear that and, and people who really look up to you and admire all the stuff that you have done for the community and for them individually, they're, they're going to look at that and be like, wow, so this is, this is what has helped him get to a certain spot. Maybe this is what can help me, you know? So I think that, I think that answer is, is very good. Okay. Um, my last thing to ask Ooh, here, good. <laughs> the last thing to ask here, it's kind of two questions in one, but what would be your message to leave um, for the entrepreneurs who are young and old who are trying to create stuff? Because, you know, it always is interesting too to me and also very admiring as well when I see uh, when I see people who are already maybe like in their 30s or 40s or 50s and starting businesses at that time too. And um, I like seeing that because I think that gives a lot of hope to people who who are of that age, who don't know, who don't think that they could do something like my brother, for instance, and I, my brother is doing great stuff. He's taking care of himself, whatever, but I know he wants to kind of break off and to do some like creative type stuff or maybe some entrepreneurial stuff. And he's almost 40. So I'm like, you know, hoping, I'm hoping that, you know, me, myself outside of all the stuff I do that, you know, he could see somebody and maybe look at that and be like, wow, okay, this person did it. So what would be your message to the young and old people who are creating these new businesses, these startups, uh, what what is your I guess inspir- advice to give them? You know if they're creating right now. This will be a longer answer than you probably bargained for. Sorry, uh, it's all good. <laughs> uh, the uh, there is no wrong way to do it. Hmm. Everything runs around the fact that. There is no wrong way to do it. And it's not wrong to start when you're young. It's not wrong to start when you're older. The statistics actually will show you that everybody thinks it's a younger generation that's more entrepreneurial. And then the statistics will show you, uh, and I don't have all the numbers right in front of me, but Mm -hmm. according to what I've read recently, it's like, no, man, it's like people's in their 30s and 40s. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, yeah. That's cool. Uh, that are doing the most things. Uh, so there's no wrong way to do it. Uh, um, being independent and starting to do something that you own and that you create the value for and that you retain and keep the return for mm-hmm. uh, can happen at any time. And, and it can be a side gig. It can be a small local business. Uh, uh, it can be a nonprofit. It can be a huge scalable venture. Mm-hmm. There are stereotypes in our industry uh, and uh, in, in entrepreneurship. When you say the word entrepreneurship, it conjures up all these thoughts and that people will think about, uh, oh, crap, that means that I need to go do something like Mark Zuckerberg did. No, it doesn't. It means yeah. that you want to, you could, you could start like Bo Gonzalez and have a little truck selling hot dogs, for God's sake little cart yeah. selling hot dogs and then parlay that into a food truck and then parlay that into uh, a, a physical location. Uh, mm-hmm. 
So there's no wrong way to do it. The only wrong way to do it is to not do it. Mm. Very, very good. Yeah. Yeah. So for those of us who would be like, oh, man, that's too risky. I can't, I can't do that. Uh, startups in particular or new businesses are not about taking huge risks and going off and putting out you know, a lot of money on something that, you know, it's just a roll of the dice. Uh, uh, it's about uh, continually reducing the risk by getting to understand your customers better, beginning to test whether or not they want what you're selling, beginning to line up what their needs are with what you're selling and do it in a more scientific way of starting to test it from time to time and find out what works. And you can do all that part-time. Yeah. And you can start small. Uh, so there's no wrong way to do it. Uh, the only wrong way to do it is to not. Did I say that before? Yeah, I know. I'm repeating it on purpose. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I remember talking to high school students that, are, that uh, in, when I ran a student venture lab at the Innovation Center and did the student meetup at the Innovation mm-hmm. Center. And there one or two things typically would happen. Uh, they would either be afraid to do anything because they thought, you know, I'm too young, blah, blah, blah. Or they would start to map out something that was totally not doable. It was like, I'm going to build a 747. Well, no, you're not. You're in high school. For God's sake. <laughs> so you can, you know, yeah. let's, let's, let's think about starting with an aviation blog. Okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then building up your clientele. Uh, so yeah. when you think way too big, you're going to probably crash and burn mm-hmm. uh, and end up not doing it. And if you don't even start, you're going to not do it. So could I yeah. already say that the only thing to, no, never mind. You know the answer. <laughs> oh, wow. I, I love I, that. <laughs> uh, even if you're going to practice uh, owning something, while you're doing your nine to five job, uh, now you've got the practice. If your employer yeah. comes to you and, and maybe you've got another revenue stream at mm-hmm. the same time, maybe when your employer comes to you and goes, well, Steve, sorry, man, but we just can't, we, we just can't keep you on any longer. When your employer comes and tells you that, uh, now you're ready. You've either already got another revenue stream or you've tried it out and you know how to do it. So just yeah. try it. Absolutely. There <laughs> we go. I love that. That is, that is, that's perfect. That is, that is the perfect advice, the perfect answer. Um, I, I already know that a lot of people are going to appreciate that because there's a lot of people that pop up in my mind as you say that, where I'm like, yes, this is how you have, this is how you need to approach these things is, there's no, there's no wrong way to do it, you know, unless you don't do it. That is, that is perfect. Um, very last question. Final, final question. Uh-oh, that's is, what, <laughs> what does, what does the plus one mean? What does plus one mean to you? Oh man, for all you? these, all these years, you didn't know what, plus, what I meant by that. Is that what you're saying? So, well, no, no I knew. One. Okay. So plus, so, uh, it was it was kind of curious the other day somebody 
said something about I thought that uh, plus one had something to do with like Google Plus. What was it? Uh. And Google <laughs> Plus is like you know never never made it out of the gate, man. Yeah. And it was like it's like no, a plus one is an upvote. A plus uh. one comes from like an upvote out of Reddit and things like that. So yeah. it's like I'm gonna I'm gonna give you an upvote. I think that whatever you did is worthy of an upvote. It's my yeah. way of giving respect. It's like, hey man, instead of writing out respect, yeah, plus one, plus one, plus one. <laughs> uh, and so you'll you'll see me use that throughout throughout social media, and I uh, and I get I get weird questions from time to time. Uh, <laughs> people, <Yeah. laughs> people think it's like plus one. Are you mean like a like a uh, like a plus one for like a, a date or an event yeah. or something like that. No, it's, that yeah. was an up that was an upvote. I don't want to go to your party with you. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's awesome. That's great. Well, Steve, you just consider that a plus one. Yeah. First of all, let me give a big plus one to you right now. Oh, appreciate. And consider appreciate that that means major respect. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I appreciate it. Thank you, Steve, for just one being such a an awesome person, an awesome motivating force for so many people out here in Fort Wayne and Northeast Indiana and beyond. Um, I appreciate it for, for one, just of you, of course, supporting the stuff that I've done um, with SW Films and now the podcast. You know, just to have you on here is is a great opportunity and a, and, a, and a just an amazing thing because, like I said, I've, there's there's so many different people I've wanted to speak to, and you have definitely been on that list as far as just talking about, you know, your history, your background, and just the things that you have opinions on in, in terms of the, the city and, you know, the moves being made right now is, is incredible to hear everything. And I just want to thank you again for being on the podcast. Uh, it, it was a great one. I appreciate it. Man, I really appreciate it myself. Uh, <laughs> in case you can't tell, I don't, uh, I, I like talking. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I do have an opinion here or there. So yeah, uh, 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 I wish great. you much success with uh, with the podcast, and um, and frankly, what I'm really looking forward to are are the films that you're going to produce. Yeah, I don't, I don't I don't care as much about the videos that you do for people. I yeah. want to see some more of those feature films come out, Absolutely. shorts or feature films, either one that are Absolutely. all you. Do it. Man. I appreciate it. We got a lot of great stuff coming. A lot of good things are planned in the way on the I'll, way i'll save um, a few plus ones just for you <laughs> there you go i know you got them stored up somewhere so i, I can't i can't wait to receive a few <laughs> so thank you to everybody listening and watching the podcast you guys know to go subscribe to the excellent podcast and go subscribe to sw films and once again steve thank you so much for for being on the show and for all the people listening and watching i will see you again on the next one